Hello and welcome to the Nen Show Podcast, your bi-monthly escape from the crushing workload of reality. Um, I am your host, Craftsdorf, and this is my co-host, MathWiz. Did I mishear that? Did you just say bi-monthly? Do we only upload every other month? Wait, by... Wait, fuck. I don't know what these words... Well, bi-weekly can mean, like, once, like... Twice a oh, week. Like twice one, a week. I, why did I say by month? Just shoot me. Just shoot me, Mathis. <laughs> just take a gun and shoot me. <sighs> I ruined it. I ruined everything. But it's okay All because right, we're uh, talking about One Piece. So if I shoot you, you'll you won't actually die. Yeah. This. Is... <laughs> oh, I see where this is going. Um, <laughs> you had to go there. Um, no, it's fine. All right. So. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say words, um, and the words were going to come out of my mouth. Fuck. I'm tired, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, comments. Um, I don't have any because I didn't read them. I'm sorry. All you guys who put in all the effort to make those comments last episode, I didn't read them. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you have any, Mathwiz? Well, I know that there was a, a good comment in here. Uh, I actually think there were two, but I forget who did the second one. Um, so I'll just look at the one that I have in front of me by Zmod155. Uh, in regards to the the bar scene with uh, Luffy and... Um, I already forget his name, but the guy who was in the last stretch of chapters. Bellamy the, the hyena, yeah. Yeah, Bellamy. Um, and like how basically this person said that the... The bar scene between Bellamy and Luffy was kind of like a callback to the bar scene in Chapter 1 with Shanks and Luffy, and it's to show, like, look at how Luffy's grown, because, like, in Chapter 1, Shanks' crew, like, they were getting mocked and, like, you know, beaten up or whatever, but they weren't fighting back, and then, you know, later on they did and showed, like, hey, we're actually, like, strong dudes, and we don't waste time on people who aren't worth it or whatever, and, like, that's kind of what Luffy did with Bellamy. Well, and now he's, like... Last time it was like, Shanks, you're not a real man, but now he is the real man. So, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what was the other one? Do you remember? Or Oh, uh, someone, uh, Wyatt Mooned was asking me, have I seen the One Piece anime, or how much of the One Piece anime have I seen? The answer is pretty much nothing. Like, I've seen a couple of scenes. Yeah, clips of it, like individual scenes on YouTube and clips of it in like other videos probably. But, like, I've mainly right. only looked up, one like, anything One Piece-related since, like, we started the podcast. So, I mean, like, I've seen the occasional video which would, like, mention One Piece, or uh, I feel like I probably watched a couple One Piece-centric videos, but... I'm um, sure. I mean, best guy ever, super actual, you know, YouTubers you like who have done content on me. Um, YouTubers yes. who've done content on One Piece, so yeah. The, the funny thing um, is, I'm pretty sure that I watched your Skypea video way back when you first oh. made it, and I forget huh. what was in it, because it's been like a year or whatever since then. Well, that's fine, because um, I get to go over it again. Um, yeah, because I don't I remember... Think, I think yeah. there are spoilers in it, so you can't even watch it, because I reference, like, I talk about... The idea of tradition, and I mentioned deaths, like funerals, and I post a, fu- I put put a put a. There's a funeral that happens after uh, Skypea that I can't. That's a spoiler, so you, I can't even say, "Hey, we finished Skypea. Go watch my Skypea video," because there's spoilers from beyond Skypea in it. So, uh, whoops, I haven't double checked that, but uh, I'm just warning you. If anyone wants to go watch the video, uh, be- possible spoilers for Beyond Skypea. So yeah. Um, I cut you off there. You were talking. Um, I don't remember what I was saying. So, uh, yeah, that that 
that that does it. Um, there was also one more. I want to give props to the person who won the comment section for last week. Uh, the the final antagonist of One Piece is Panda Man. Uh, there was also ah, an yes. interesting reply. It was <laughs> Pan D Ammon or whatever. <laughs> so watch out for for Panda Man. <laughs> the secret see ever since like goldie roger people have just been like taking care like i think there were some early fake scanlations or not not even fake just ones like people being dicks where because with whitebeard i think they gave his name as edward newgate so obviously edward d newgate which made people think he was something he wasn't like he's very he's not a d but people like it like they just <laughs> like because you could just um you know and then there's real life ones like theodore d roosevelt or no wait or franklin d roosevelt <laughs> he's a d it's real <laughs> in real life um yeah i don't know i don't know how many how many of our commenters have d initials hmm. i wonder in the middle so yeah sorry i don't have comments i will actually try to read them next time Wait a minute, um, Crafts D Wharf. Hmm. Oh no, <laughs> Dorf, the the real master of the One Piece. It was me. It was me the whole time. I don't know. Um. So let's get into the discussion. Um. Well, I guess before. So well, before we start, I guess we can talk about the Wapole cover story now because it's over. Um. So to summarize, Wapole, he. He got he got knocked off to, onto some random island. He started doing waffle things, eating shit. And then he got arrested, and then he got depression because he realized that he's not a king anymore. He he's a worthless sack of shit without his title. And then then in his depression, he like eventually just makes starts making toys. A scientist discovers that the toys are made of an amazing metal, and he becomes the CEO of a giant corporation. So he's basically a king again. He becomes so. a fucking capitalist. That <laughs> coward. <laughs> yep. Uh. Well, it's like he's like a piece of shit, and then he just like he just, just becomes slightly less of a piece of shit. And now he's back to being a piece of shit again. Well, I kind of like how he's like modest at first. Like he's like, oh, okay, I'm a like he, and then then at the like last page, he's like, ah, I'm a big bitch again. <laughs> Fuck you. So yeah. Um. Will he come into the story? Because I will confirm there are cover stories that do not come back to the main story, or rather haven't yet, and are kind of unlikely to. Um, I won't say, and um, we did start the Ace one, um, but we're, we'll talk about that next time, I suppose. It's almost over. It was weird because it's like... back in the story. Ace is done. That's it. <laughs> yeah, they, the cover story's it. Um, I'll, I'll summarize it next time because it's like, it's literally like one or two cover pages away from ending. Like, we... <laughs> It, it ends right at the start of the next arc, so, uh, whatever. Uh, so yeah, getting into the actual discussion, uh, Luffy, Sanji, and Usopp are heading into the forest to go rescue the others. Um, Konis wants, uh, Ganfor, to come back as the, you know, the, the god of the sky, and, yeah, they're going on their fucking, uh, upper yard adventure. So yeah, lots of just more goofy shenanigans, like, with the traps and stuff, and the straw hats just, you know, going, going through, as usual, um... And then we do do see what's up with the other guys on the sacrificial altar. Yeah, just a lot of adventure this arc. Like, like everyone's just going off on their little their little journeys and doing stuff. And like, well, I guess one thing to build into later, especially with Enru later, is that like, you know, One Piece is obviously an adventure story. It has been from the beginning. But this arc in particular actually like says something about adventure. Like I like adventure is an idea of this arc, and I definitely want to talk about that later. I just wanted to um, note that down now. So I don't forget, hopefully. With all the different, like, translations, like, sometimes it just says kami, sometimes it, like, they do <laughs> use gods. So, like, 
when when Zoro says something like "sorry, but I don't pray to the commies," uh, that so, like so, a more general comment, like "I don't pray to the gods," or just replace is it com- just, every time they say "kami," just replace it with "god." But then, it, but then I also wonder, like, is it in reference to like the god of Skypea, or reference to like a more a bigger god or gods or yeah, whatever? Well, because basically, like how I actually remember the line translated watching the anime was he's he said that he was atheist, like he does. So yeah, he that's kind of what I so that's what I figured, right? So he just doesn't believe in God at all. And then, because, yeah, Nami also references, like, well, she's, like, praying to the god one scene and saying, fuck god, uh, like, literally two panels later, and someone commented on that. So it's, like, yeah, and it's, and they do kind of make it weird with the use of Kami, because, like, there's, obviously we're supposed to see, you know, Enaru literally thinks he's a god, because he's so powerful, and then, but then, you know, as Ganfar says, he's, it's just a title. It, it just means, it's basically just king of the sky, pretty much. Yeah. Um, king of the sky, sky island, so, um... You know, but, uh, so there's obviously, like, it's, it's supposed to be confused, but, like, by making it its own word, that's kind of lost, I think, because it just makes it confusing, rather. Um, so yeah, I'm not a fan of the translation. Like, I do think Viz is still, on average, the best, somehow, like, which is really, like, because I was, I've seen manga, uh, colored manga pages, and and there's memes, and manga stream is also memes, so it's like, well, fuck. You can't win. It's all memes. No, there's other groups, but nothing... Like, Viz is also the only group that's, like, completed the entire series. So it's, like, at least it's consistent if the, some of the consistency is a Kami. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the, the doofuses. Well, they're all doofuses. I specifically mean Luffy, Sanji, and Usopp. Um, they decide to take the, the ball challenge, and they fall off a cliff, and they die. That's it. This is the end of One Rest Piece. Rest in peace. Yes. One piece. I feel like we've made that joke before. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, they get into a fight with Satori, and did you have anything to say about this fight? Like, it introduces a bunch of mechanics, but now you know those mechanics, so... Hmm. Um, well, there's this one panel where Usopp's, like, face pops out of his face. Oh, yeah, that, that um, was after they fell down the cliff, right? Yeah, I like the, the part <laughs> in the SBS where the writer is... Or, not the writer, the question person was like hey oda you say you make faces like your character's faces so when usopp's eyes and teeth popped out of his head how did you did you make that face he's like oh yeah i can do that i can do that (laughs) yep um but yeah this fight uh wasn't super interested in it like yeah it it did introduce mechanics but i don't know that's kind of how i felt about i guess a lot of skypea is like Going through it, I was like, yeah, this is this is okay. Um, like, obviously, it's building into something, and then, like, by the end of the arc, I was like, okay, yeah, that all works together nicely. Uh, but as I was going through it, I wasn't as interested yeah, like, as some like, of the other... Because in the past, I've said this was, my like, like, my second favorite arc, but I think that was just because I reread it out of context of the rest of the series. So, like, going through this arc, I thought, like, a lot of the ideas were interesting, and a lot of the, you know, um, stuff was... And I appreciated it a lot more, so I was like, this might be my second favorite arc. But rereading it, like, it's good, but yeah, a lot of it is just kind of, like, you know, especially, like, during this middle part. Like, like the climax is amazing, honestly. Like, that's just, like, fucking, like, it might even be better than the Alabasta climax, but Alabasta is better all around, I would say. And it also made me cry harder at the end. Like, Skype made me cry... <laughs> Last time, last time I read it, the, when Luffy rang the bell, I cried. This time I teared up a little, um, bolt, like, I think I full cried last time twice, and this time I just teared up twice, so it didn't get at me as strongly this time. Um, but there, there's definitely stuff, good stuff that happens later, but yeah, a lot of it, this early part is just kinda, kinda, kinda eh. Like, 
Like, pretty much all I took from the Satori fight was, like, they, they're learning the mechanics, the dials, uh, the mantra. Um, like, Luffy's still, like, he, there's the part where he and, um, like, there's the running gag with the Tarzan yell. Um, with, and then, like, Luffy's doing that, Usopp's doing that, and then Sanji just beats the shit out of them for goofing off. Because, yeah, Luffy still goofs off. Um, like, you know, even though he did, did um, get kind of get challenged on th- on that with Crocodile, he he's not, like, completely changed. So, and, because, again, Ensatori's not even that strong to really warrant it either. So, yeah, I, I did, th- and he kind of does it against Enru too, with, like, the, he, he turns off his brain for a bit. There, so, they, basically, the arc still, that arc of his still has longer to go, is what I'm saying. I I like this recurring sort of, I don't know if it's a gag or just a technique Oda uses, where, like, he'll repeat panels but like change little things or mm-hmm. sometimes i'll just repeat panels for comedic effect which is pretty good yeah, he does like when usopp's trying to swing onto the like usopp trying to swing onto the boat here and he like oh, and doesn't make it back. and then it's just the same panel with him like falling backwards right yeah i was actually noticing that like later on too well because there's a uh, luffy gets eaten by the snake and the, there's like a like a three or four page sequence where he gets out of the snake and what i thought was interesting about it because he repeats the panel of the snake lying there but he actually, you could, if you look closely, he redraws it every time because there's like subtle differences. But the, it looks really similar, like it almost looks copy pasted, but not quite. And I thought it was interesting how uh, like similar yet slightly different they look. Like just mostly, it was just like the hatching on the fi- the the snake's like face, kind of the the um and just like so yeah, it's like. But I, you're right. I, now that you pointed out, I did notice that he does repeats a lot of panels this arc, like like that where he's just you know again especially for comedy and i i haven't really noticed that up to this point um like i I don't remember that a lot in alabaster or anything but in this arc he's definitely doing a lot of that so it's it's cool i like this one little panel as we kind of move over to like we cut to what chopper's doing for a bit and like before that there's this panel of like flashing back to what's going on with the whistle and they're they're having this converse, this argument like I'm the weakest. No, I'm the weakest. And Robin is just like, what a strange <laughs> argument. <laughs> yeah, and then I also love the panel where <laughs> Chopper actually blows the whistle because like his express. Well, both of like both of his expressions because there's like three like Choppers, like the one facing Shura. Yeah, there's a little like time lapse. Like he he's looking <laughs> and then he looks away and well, he's like, blow the, the whistle. The expression of him Help. looking to the side with his eyes like wide open and with the the, the, the lashes it's just like so adorable <laughs> and he's like then he's just like tear like <laughs> both of the two expressions are really good <laughs> oh man but the, that middle one uh just uh stands out to me because like it's so cute and almost calm <laughs> but it's like the start of his eyes <laughs> bulging out i suppose so it's like and a chop is also adorable in general so i guess yeah. it's part of it um See, I don't think I took very much from the Sanji Usopp Luffy fight. Again, it was just sort of setting up the mechanics, you know, weird, goofy stuff as usual. Um, but mostly just introducing us to Mantra and, uh, yeah, the the, fir- the first of the di- the the battle dials, which we get a, a deeper explanation of later with Gunfor. Oh, and there's, I guess before Gunfor comes in to stop to fight Shura, um, there's uh, we get a, a, a scene of him with Konus and uh, Pagia explaining sort of some of, more of the history. With uh, like he and and I de- I think there's some interesting things he says like during this part like I like how he says um like he talks about you know they're, they're pirates they're criminals but he points out it's a matter of perspective like um because like pirates are are demonized in the blue seas um and right not not wrongfully so a lot of them do do you know monster shit but Gonfall he knows that like you know he's seen he's met Gold Roger and now he's met Luffy like they're not all bad like so he recognizes that it's all 
You know, like, I like how he puts it as a matter of perspective. Like, the world government's, you know, idea that the pirates are all bad and have bounties doesn't necessarily mean they're actually bad. So, and he's divorced from that system because the White White Sea is just beyond the world government, basically. So it's kind of interesting to see this other world separate from the Blue Seas and how they have different perspectives on certain things. So, um, and another thing that kind of starts, you start to see this one because, um, you have, uh, the pumpkins, the pumpkins and the pumpkin juice because that's what, um, like, uh, Gonfor said it to, uh, Wiper in the flashback, uh, we get a bit later. And then Kirkonis and, uh, Page are saying that they like it, and if you'll remember during the flashback, um, the no, there's like one panel of Nolan giving the pumpkins to to the the Shandians back on Jaya when it was still when Upper Yard was still on the Blue Seas. So basically, like the pumpkins are just this whole symbol of sort of just the the crossing of cultures, basically, because uh, a lot of this like this this arc in particular deals with sort of like you know colonialism almost of just like you know, one advanced culture meeting a less advanced culture and sort of, like, an idealized, uh, you know, representation of, like, how it should, how it wasn't in actual real-life history, <laughs> but how it would have been nice, where, like, they're not, like, conquerors, but they're spreading information and knowledge. And we'll talk about that a bit more, but, like, yeah, the pumpkin juice is kind of just, like, it's it's this positive thing that everyone likes of from this this exchange of cultures, basically, and it's just one one of the benefits of that, you know, idea, sort of, so, and they're sort of setting it up here. Uh, did you have anything to say on that conversation, or just... Uh... I don't know, I didn't pick up on that the first time through, yeah, obviously, because yeah. well, I didn't exactly. have the and full that, context. This, the, and the... I picked it up on on that last time when I remembered the arc, and I was like, holy shit, there's, it's, it's it's just a little thing, but it, it, it means something, and it's cool. Did you have anything to say about the fight with Shura, with Gunfor fighting Shura, the sky jousting, um, and Chopper being there, too? Um, I had one little takeaway, but nothing super major, because there's, there's a lot of cutting around this arc, so... Yeah, um, this one also just kind of seemed like, you know, establishing some stuff, but, like, in its own right wasn't a super interesting yeah, no, fight fair. for me. Like, well, because, like, with this one and also later on with Zoro and Braham and Ohm, it's sort of like, there's an idea to this fight, but it only really become, makes sense when, when you, and even then it's not, like, an amazing idea, but, like, you need the, sort of the context of both to fully understand the fight, because sort of, like, what's happening... Well, what's happening here is, you know, because um, Shura even says it, because Chopper's like, he's telling Shura what not to do, like, don't, you know, attack me, don't attack the ship, and Shura's like, you know, well, you're not giving me a lot of options, and then Gonfor, he's like, you know, his whole thing is that, like, he was the god of the country, but he's, you know, he, like, he, I think he even said it to Konis, or maybe he said it, says it later to Nami, but he talks about how, like, you know, how guilt you know, traps what, you know, it traps the people and, you know, it makes, and they can't act and how Eneru utilized that. Um, so like, so basically what you have is like, you have ca these characters who, you know, can't act fighting Shura, but later on Shura fights Wiper and he gets completely destroyed because Shura is not like Gonfar and Chopper. He is willing to act. He, he you know, he, that's the whole reason he's invading Upper Yard because he wants to act. So like you have this like, this fight setting up an idea through two encounters. And Zora versus Braham and Ohm is also kind of like that. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting, even if the idea was, like, simple. and Which is fine. But, because, yeah, other than that, I didn't take much from the encounters. Like, they look cool. The art is good. But, you know, yeah. And this is setting up stuff for Chopper, too. Because he, get, he gets a little moment later. Because um, it's like, this arc has, like, some really big ideas that I took a lot from, and it's just, just every now and then he's got these small ones that are like, oh yeah, that's there, I suppose, it's, it's fine. So yeah, I'm skipping ahead, the Shandians invade and the, the other Shura fight happens, that I just, or does it? 
I swore it did. No, maybe I was wrong. Yeah, I was wrong. Never mind. Um, oh yeah, and then we get a bit of a, a bit of a reveal. Um, what did you think of Nami, Zoro, and Robin finding the other half of uh, Cricket's house? Well, I mean, there's the the uh, what was I gonna say? I don't remember. Okay. It was it was it was a good thing because obviously before I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah, well, because you know it's just like oh hey you know the, well. It confirms what uh, Cricket was saying, so what I was gonna say, but uh, yeah, well, I, I especially like the bonfire scene, the camp. Um, that's just really fucking fun, and it makes me happy when I read that scene. I'm gonna skip ahead a bit more. Did you have anything to say? I mean, I guess the little panel where Chopper's like, "No, everything's fine. I I have this," and he's just crying. He's uh, scared. That's cute. Yeah, yeah. That um, shit. What was I gonna say? <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Because he's like. He wants to be seen as reliable and strong, so he's trying. He's like, nothing's wrong, but obviously everything's wrong. <laughs> so, and well, well it's also because he's also the like the child of the crew, kind of. And so his reaction was really good because he's like, he's like worried about the ship, you know, like, oh shit, the ship is like fucking wrecked, and everyone's gonna be mad at me because I failed to protect it. But Usopp's just like, are you okay? What about you? Did you take care of your own wounds? And it's just like so. It's so wholesome, like, because Chopper's just being a worrywart, but also a dumb, naive child. And, of course, like, the ship isn't the main priority. Chopper is the main priority, you know, like, because Usopp's the one who cares about the ship the most, but even he's like, You're, are you okay, Chopper? Like, of course he cares about Chopper more. Uh, it's just like, and of course, you know, he he's like, I love the little panel of him being tiny, but engulfed in flames. And he's like, I want to be yeah. a strong man. He's so Chopper's so cute. Yeah, that's that's what I wanted to say. But yeah, it's it's kind of nice that like after after a bit of action, and then right before, obviously a, a pretty long, involved, uh, you know, set like it goes from through adventure and action up to the climax and stuff. So we get we get a get a nice lo- like low point right between before that, and uh, just I, I don't know, just all the characters interacting, and you know, Nami showing off her stuff in the discoveries and coming up with the plan, and then ends in this big bonfire party. Uh, and I love, I just love this scene. It's just so, it's just so fun and cool. And it's just like, yeah, adventure, motherfuckers. Yeah. Um, also, did you have anything um, to, or what's up? I was, uh, well, I was gonna just say, as, as a side note, what's up? S- side note: Nami with her pigtails, very good look. Glad she that's kept true. that for the rest of the arc. <laughs> it is, it is, yeah. That's, it, it's a good look. I agree. Um, because like her hair is getting longer, like very sl- slightly, like. I bet if you compared this to older Nami, I do think her hair is a little longer because I don't think she would have. Maybe she could have, but uh, yeah, it's it, it, I, like like the characters are get, you know aging sli- very slightly. Like it's not just the art style change; like it is that. Like uh, go back to volume one and go, oh, what the fuck is with, wrong with everyone? <laughs> Why do they look so weird? Um, but yeah, it's because uh, yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. But um, some other things I like about like okay, one gag I liked was like. Um, like, the, with the stew, like, Chopper found some stuff, and uh, Zoro found a frog and a rat, and, and he's just like, let's just throw him in the stew. But then later he's like, um, like, Chopper's make, making uh, medicine, and Zoro's just like, do you need a frog? And it's just like, he's just trying to be helpful. <laughs> like, <laughs> just trying to pedal off this frog that he's got. I don't know, I just found that funny. I also think it's the part where... Um... Robin is like, we should put out any unnecessary fires so the enemy doesn't find our position. <laughs> and Usopp and Luffy are just like, oh, you poor, you poor thing. It's, and it's like, what? It's like all serious. Like, what do you mean? It's like, it's camping. We gotta have a campfire. And they're like begging her, like, like, please, we gotta. And then they make the bigger, a bigger fire. 
And, well, I also like that there's the thing, like, they're, they try, like, they have all the eyes watching them, and then, but then it's a bunch of wolves, and the wolves join in, in the bonfire dance, and it's like, wait, on, like, only in fucking One Piece would you see this shit, like, <laughs> it's fun. Um, and I do want to mention something about this scene later regarding Nami, but, uh, again, later. <laughs> so yeah, the, the party winds down, everyone chills, Usopp sees something fucking weird, and we don't know what it is yet, because he's like, he sees someone with a hammer by the merry go, and then later it they wake up and it's like repaired, and he even points out that it's repaired in its original state, like it's the broken um chicken version that was stuck on it from uh, Jaya is gone, so it's it's <laughs> did you have any takeaway from that, or because it, it's just supposed to be weird, but uh. Uh, yeah, that was a, that was a mystery thing that I kind of just forgot about for the rest of the arc. Yeah, because the rest of the arc kind of forgets about it, too. It's obviously set up for something that doesn't happen, so... Or set up for uh, something yeah. that doesn't happen yet. <laughs> Every little thing! <laughs> but yeah, then we also get introduced to uh, the other vassals, um, Ulm, Geratsu, um, the leader of the Heavenly Warriors, and of course, God himself... The, I, oh, I just noticed, I like how the text bubble says Skypea's one and only god, Anaru. Like, it's like, the, the, the text, the, the introduction narration bubble is hyping him up as the one and only god. And I, I love Anaru. Well, because he's like, he's just like a cocky asshole, but he's not like cocky in like a, a typical like evil sadistic way. He's, he's very relaxed, like he's, because he's powerful and he knows it. And it's like an interesting way of showing a character being cocky because like yeah he doesn't give a fuck like he's he's almost like yeah it's cool to bring up another sbs thing i liked when the the person was asking like is that a rubber swim cap and oda's like yeah yeah wait no rubber doesn't exist in skypea it's a cloth (laughs) also true facts i'm pretty sure his design was influenced by eminem um the rapper (laughs) because <laughs> I don't know why Oda did well. I'm going to make Eminem God in my story. Like, wait, what? Um, no, he takes a lot of influence from real-life uh, people. Um, like, I'm, I'm, Sanji's design was influenced by Steve Buscemi in Reservoir Dogs, Mr. Pink. Um, that's And there's a bunch more, but most of the ones I'm thinking of come from later and are spoilers. So Are, they, are these, like, listed somewhere, like, that I could I'm look them up later? I'm pretty sure they're listed. Like, I've seen images of people with the comparisons, but, um, uh, again, like I said, there's going to be characters on there that you haven't seen yet, so... So um, that's why I said later. Uh, I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's cool. Um, also, how do, how do we power scale One Piece against Naruto? Because this guy's got four Sharingan. <laughs> um... So, uh, so he's Madara under he's under Rex. Donzo, but he's above like most everyone else. <laughs> oh my god, damn you, Mathwiz! You ruined him for Enaru's ruined now. <laughs> uh, oh, I just noticed, he actually has five if you count his pillow. Yeah, I I realized that was a pillow though, so I was like, wow, there's just the four. Yeah, <laughs> but that is there. He's got a Sharingan pillow. I want a Sharingan pillow. No, it's not. I don't know what it's actually called. What the symbols are called? I know it's a thing. Yeah. Though. Um, also, I see any, any has got an apple. That's, that's religion something. <laughs> that's religion something indeed. Um, different religion. That, well, I guess it is like, like, obviously there's a lot of like, you know, m- some mixes of stuff, but that, then again, like the fact that it's like angels and God is very Christian. So, um, he's using like 
Eastern, you know, influence in like the style, but it is also just the idea of a monotheistic god is in itself Western. So, huh? I was gonna say unless the apple means nothing and it's just there for aesthetic purposes, um, but that, that seems unlikely. I, it looks, yeah, that's probably yeah, that's the Evangelion way, Evangelion way of doing it. So, um, yeah, just it just looks cool. And don't let anyone tell you otherwise. No, it's fine. I don't care. <laughs> Um, so anyway, everyone charts out their course to the to the right eye of the skull, and the derps go out on their adventure, and they're like, uh, what, what, what did they say? Um, uh, Robin's like, that. Luffy, you're funny, are you that eager for danger? Giant snake. And it's like, yes, there it is. <laughs> oh yeah, and then Gonfall explains, dials to them, and then God comes in, and he's just like, sup? <laughs> I guess I skipped ahead to the next volume. <laughs> yeah, because at this point, they're... They're all setting out to go south, and they immediately get split up by the snake, and it's... No. <laughs> well, I love how there's, like, the diagram later that has Robin going the right direction, and everyone else, like, goes in completely different directions, because they're idiots. And Will Chopper's just a scaredy boy, and Zoro's like... You know, Zoro doesn't know directions, and Luffy's like, south, that's the coldest direction, right? <laughs> oh, God. They're so, they're so goofy. So, anyway, we get a uh, wiper, um... A flashback with him and Garnfall of Garnfall about their the homeland and you know, their it it does rightfully belong to Shandians, but at the same time it also um like you know the the Skypeans need have you know need it too like they've been uh, and they, like he again he mentions the pumpkins again the pumpkins that came from that island so yeah and I guess like one point I thought I did I thought about it later but it's like you know even though the land was rightfully the Shandians at the same time like at this point the the Sky Islanders have lived with it, like, you know, they, they've they been with it, too. Like, all these characters have been with it the, their whole lives, pretty much. So it's like, it doesn't, like, hmm. So uh, there's an argument that it doesn't necessarily belong to any of them. But, you know, I suppose it, but that's a whole political thing that I'm, I just realized I was cracking up the door, too. And I'm like, maybe not. Let's not do that. Because, um, again, it is an idealized ver- version of colonialism, but it, so it does, but it is colonialism. So, yeah. Anaru counts up the everyone do, in, who's involved in the fighting, the you know the heavenly forces, the vassals. Um, and he makes a bet. He says, "Someone says, oh, there will be fifty people left standing at the end." And he's like, "You think so? I think there will be five. <laughs> yep, in three hours." And then we get the the Shura fight I mentioned earlier, where Wiper Wiper shows off how strong boy he is. He uses that reject dial like fucking three times. <laughs> Absolute madman. See, and, and again, God this is where, up. like, having, um, because Shura had, like, those fights earlier, that way when Wiper comes in and beats him, then it's like, oh, okay, we know that Wiper's pretty tough, because this Shura guy seemed pretty tough before, but he got wrecked. Yeah, yeah, and of course we do see Wiper fight Luffy later, pretty much on even footing, at least for the time, because obviously it gets interrupted, which really helps for a, for a later moment. That's pretty pretty great. <laughs> but yeah, the Shandians enter, they split up, the fighting starts to break out. See, the the stuff with the Shandians is... It kind of reminded me of the the Dark Tournament from Yu Yu Hakusho. This was one okay. of those things where, like, I wasn't super interested in it as it was going along, but then, like, the end sort of justifies it, and now going back through it, I'm trying to find, like, what, what I was trying to be accomplished here. Because just, like, going through it, I wasn't super interested in it, really anything the Shandians were doing. It just kind of felt like they were just tacked on here, but obviously that wasn't the case. Yeah, yeah, like, once you understand, like, because with Wiper, his, you know, legacy with Kalgara is super interesting, or super necessary, rather, 
But you don't get that until, like, way later, like, almost the end of the arc. And then it's like, oh, this is why these guys matter, you know? Like, and then, so, yeah, now now you're, like, now you know what, what they're fighting for and, like, how, what that means to them. But obviously, if you didn't have that, you might not have been as invested. So, I, I understand. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, when they, when they first get brought in, it's like, okay, we have Luffy's crew. They're looking to do things against these god people. And, oh, hey, by the way, there's also this third group, and they're kind of at a war, and the war is happening now. Um... It just it happens really suddenly, and then, well, like there's a, there's the brief like tease of it beforehand, like while they're trying to get through to get to that campfire thing and do that stuff. Like there was a little bit of fighting beforehand, mm-hmm. and then it picks up again here. But this is the the game now. This is the the, the big battle. Yep. Um, and actually, and that game actually turned out to be relevant in an unexpected way. Like I, I did notice like one or two things rereading, like especially because I'm paying attention to the fights more and the conflicts. Because like, like again with Alabasta, I talked about how like you know Zoro versus Mister One set a standard that I'd like I'd like to see replicated more of in other things too. So I'm trying to pay attention because like with Skype, I'd say like like I love Luffy versus Enaru, but um. Like the the fights in general aren't as good, like because right, especially because like it's like with Shura and Braham and Ohm and and uh, Wiper, like you have fights that are being split up in a way that carry the same idea. But um, and so, I mean, did you have any thoughts on Zoro versus Braham? Mm, I d- not not in particular because I know Zoro's like, you know, I'm a cannon, and um, then he cuts him down. Uh, no, not really. I can't think. I can't remember anything. Yeah, well, because, like, there's one part of the fight where he mentions that he lacks focus, and Braham, Braham fights with, like, flash guns, so they're deliberately, a, you know, a style that messes with that. And Zoro just kind of has to, um... Well, because, like, what he's doing with the air... With the... the His, you know, his... Like, the 36, you know, earthly design... The uh, Pound Phoenix is... He's focusing, and... That goes into the Ohm fight, because what I noticed about that, like, well, see what I thought that fight was going to be about is because you sort of, it sort of started up sending off, like, selfishness versus selflessness, because, like, Zoro was, like, he's, he, I don't usually fight with the motive, but, you know, with Chopper defeated, you know, now I'm about to, so I was like, oh, and Ohm was like, he wants to uh, selflessly, selflessly uh, kill humans because they're all full of sin and they, they fight all the time, and... Because he's a fucking JRPG villain, except he's actually just this dumbass. Um, so it's like, I don't know why I throw JRPG under the villains, villains under the bus like that. I haven't played any, so I don't know. I don't. I just joke about that being a common motive from a common thing. I think I haven't played that much of. Um, but like, so well, but so basically, there was one part of that fight, the own fight in particular. I guess I'm gonna get on something now while I'm talking about Zoro and Breath. Because, um, if you'll remember back in Alabasta, I mentioned a later mechanic that people think Breath is connected to. Um, that connect, can, mechanic is Mantra, and, uh, I don't know, do you think they're the same thing, Mathwiz? Even though there's no evidence of them being the same at all? Um... Loaded question, sorry. They said about Mantra that something about, like, everyone has, like, an inner, what was it, like, inner voice or something, and, like, that it... yeah. It's all about, like, hearing it, so which I, I guess, like, breath, like, he also involves, like, hearing. Yes, yeah, so, so that's the thing, is, like, you have hearing voices in here, like, of people and hearing, you know, literally rocks and trees, and so, like, some people think these are the same mechanic, but I, like, no. See, because, and here's why, because, like, Mantra, it only senses voices, it only senses people, it only senses actions, and this is consistent through pr- the entire series, because we do get more of Mantra later. 
Um, but so what? But what? What? So, but Zoro's doesn't sense people, and you directly see that in the finale of the Ohm fight. Because I guess we're going to talk about the Ohm fight now. Uh, did you have any thoughts on it? Like skipping way ahead, but uh, um, did anything stand out to you about it or? Ohm's powers with the cloud sword and that whole section was like a big cage match in general. Um, no, I know. I, I, cause I, I, I gotta get this off my chest. I'm sorry. I can't think of anything now. If I think of something later, I'll bring it up. Okay. That's fine. Um, but yeah, so what I want, cause how that fight ended was there on two sides of the wall. Ohm has mantra. So he's going to attack Zoro through the wall with his metal cloud and so what Zoro does is he focuses and he, um, like, after Ohm breaks through the wall, that is when Zoro attacks because then is when, when he knows where Ohm is and that's when he's able to actually aim his attack properly. So he's using breath. He's cutting through the air. He's hearing, like, that's what he's doing with his uh, his 36-pound phoenix. He's it's, it's an advancement of breath. He's hearing the air and cutting the air. That's what's able to make him do these air slashes. But Ohm, the whole fight, he's unfocused. He's thinking about, like, he's counting the other voices. He's, he's thinking about Enru's game because he keeps like, oh, there's two uh... animals and five people. There's two, two animals and four people. Like, he's so Zoro's focused and he is unfocused. You know, that's the, the idea of what makes a swordsman that go, happens this fight. So it's like, but people think, like, if breath was the same as Mantra, then Zoro wouldn't need to wait until Ohm attacked through the wall. He would just be able to hear Ohm's voice and attack him, but he can't because he's not using mantra. Because breath and mantra aren't the same thing. <laughs> See, mantra. Did... Maybe if you say it comes back later, I'm a little worried about that because mantra to me doesn't seem like it's. I don't know. Maybe it could be expanded on a little more later, but for me, it didn't seem like a super interesting mechanic. Yeah, because well, it's like as mind reading, it just like it, it really only matters if one side has it and the other doesn't. Like I don't like. I don't really think we really get, like, a mantra versus mantra conflict. Like, I'm trying to think of what characters fight that would have both had mantra, because, like, the only, well, yeah, only I, the, the, sky, the, the, sky the one fight that sort of tipped me off on it was um, when Chopper was fighting the, the other dude. Shura, uh, I forget I think, his name. Right? Um, or, oh, no, get us. No, it, was, it wasn't yeah. Shura. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. yeah, that that one. Um, and, like, there's a point where a chop, like, Chopper's sort of getting the upper hand, and the, the guy's just like, oh, I turned my mantra off. And it's like, <laughs> okay, so the only way that you can be beaten, like, granted, that was the moron, that was the idiot. If, if anyone, yeah, if any one character's gonna, like, not forget to use his mantra, it would be him. But at the same time, yeah, especially if you're thinking about later, and that happening more often, yeah, I can understand. So it's like because otherwise it's just you know, kind of like how do you get around that? And it, at least in that particular instance, it was just oh I forgot to keep it activated or whatever, which is yeah, well, and like like or, the way it just had to sort of be spelled out like yes. that, like the character, like we had the little panel of him being like oh no I don't have my mantra activated or whatever, and mm-hmm. it's just like eh. well that's also true of another mechanic that we haven't been introduced yet because like the thing with mantra is it's not like okay say a character dodges an attack. How do you know that they're not just, like, are they fast enough to dodge it, or were they predicting the future? You really can't tell unless the author spells it out for you, or they give us some sort of, like, visual or sound cue. Obviously, we can't have a sound cue as easily because it's a fucking manga, you know, and obviously think about, like, animation. But, um, because, like, later on, there's a similar, like, invisible mechanic that is given a visualization, and I think it's good, because now that we have the visualization, we don't need to have it spelled out that those mechanics being used. Um... And so, but with Mantra, the other thing about it is, like, 
um, it's very, since it's so specific, like, Luffy comes up a lot with a lot of creative wheel- ways to deal with it when fighting Enru, and it's really cool, but how many, t- like, but now that Luffy has all these creative ways of doing it, like, how many times can you have Luffy fight a mind reader and have it still be interesting, you know, like, it- it's kind of a balance, it's kind of similar with, like, Crocodile, like, if if Crocodile showed up again, we already know how Luffy can beat him, so it's not as interesting, like, even if another character, like, had to figure out the weakness... Like, we know what the weakness is. Like, we know ways that can get around it. Like, maybe there's, like, a really creative solution that still hasn't been used. But at the same time, like, is that going to be as, like, impressive? Like, if you're just repeating these, like... I I, I don't say gimmick negatively. I mean, you know, like, uh, because gimmicks are fine. Um, Even though it's very often used as a negative term. But at the same time, the thing with gimmicks is that if you repeat them, they lose their luster. So, like, and Mantra and, you know, Logia, even, like... Like, with Enru, like, his weakness is specific to him, so it's not really, it doesn't feel like a gimmick because it's a different type of Logia, you know, so, um, like, that's my thing with it, is, like, yeah, if, if Mantra was repeatedly used like this, it would just get repetitive, like, how many times can you make a fight against a mind reader interesting, <laughs> you know, um, so, so well, yeah. Because I de- know there is the, there is that Luffy fight later with, um, Enru, where he is basically, like, like he realize he recognizes that oh i know this attack is coming but i cannot get out of the way in time and like that's like that makes sense that's fine um, yeah but it's like, like there it's not all bad i guess but you know eh. of course like like again i think there's a lot of good things that cut to come out of mantra but the issue is like if it comes back later then uh, then what you know like can it can it continue being good like it's not a system you can base an entire manga around. Not like Devil Fruit, where they're so versatile, like, they don't even feel like they're the same thing, pretty much. Like, because you can have two Devil Fruits that are completely different from one another. So, yeah. Yeah, because with, with Devil Fruit, like, each Devil Fruit are their own, is their own gimmick. Right, that right. What I that, uh, that's the way that. to put it, yeah. yeah. It's its own, and they, they, they have common rules, but with individual power, like, Enru's the only devil fruit who has a weakness to rubber like that, so it's unique to him, so he stands out in a way. But Mantra has the same weakness, and lots of characters have the same power, so it's not quite as easy to 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 write, I suppose. Um, well, like, I guess devil fruit, like, you can have gimmicks within a gimmick, whereas, like, Mantra, it's just, that's the gimmick. Yeah, that's that's another way to put it. I, another comparison would be like comparing basic Nen to special Nen abilities, where like you have a gimmick of Nen and you have a gimmick within the gimmick of the special abilities. And so yeah, you could say the same thing there. But yeah, I think I got that off my chest about Breath and Mantra because I don't see how they're supposed to be the same. Just because the characters happen to hear things, um, <laughs> that doesn't mean they're the same because they hear different things. That's the thing. And especially, like, because I think after, after the Alvest episode, some people were pointing out how the breath has connection to Buddhism, the breath of the universe. And uh, that, that, that makes even more sense. But it also distances itself even further from Mantra. So, yeah. Um, just, just throwing that out there. I got heated about that one. <laughs> but yeah, to take it back where we started that rant with this first Zoro fight... Um... Yes, Braham. Th- yeah, that that there is that comment about like the thirty six earthly desires, and I feel like that has more relevance than just what I'm seeing, which is the words on the page. It's definitely and it's just like it, okay, I'm, that I'm that's like a statement that was made. Ninety percent sure that's a bo- another Buddhism thing, um, or some kind of Eastern religion. Like I'm hundred percent sure it's some kind of Eastern religion, religion or myth. I'm only ninety percent sure that's Buddhism. It could be a surprise Hindu. I don't know, <laughs> or I don't know. So yeah. Um, Japan loves its Buddhism. Well, like, 
because like I thought about it and like in general like the when they they'll like you'll see it two two extremes being presented and the answer is always in the middle like bleach especially but like that that's in general buddhist idea and i i feel like i've seen that before in a bunch like it, this arc even because it, it like later on with the shandians they're like they they have too much faith in the flashback they're they're believing their traditions they have to sacrifice the gods and then earlier you had someone like bellamy who like he comes up with the preconception he's faithless to any other interpretation it's like so you have all these you know two extremes of faith and faithlessness and the middle ground that's chosen is doubt tradition or you know or tra- doubt and progress basically so it's like yeah, again, it's it's Buddhist in that the extremes are wrong. That something in the middle is best, and so yeah. Even though, um, and I I feel like I've seen that in other series too, but uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head. It's just it's just in general like the ways that Eastern religions have like ingrained themselves subconscious, maybe even subconsciously into Eastern culture and manga. You know, it's understandable that we're going to see a lot of that. So, and I'm sure the same is same in the West. It's uh, with uh, Christian values. Um, I just can't think of anything there either off the top of my head. Um, so anyway, I guess, yeah, Zoro versus Braham is over. Now Enaru uh, comes to the ship just to fuck around. Because he's, like, I love how, like, he calls himself a god, and it actually, like, um, he, he sells it. That's what's really great about Enaru. Because, like, and I love his co- like his demeanor as he sells it, too. Like, he's just a fucking asshole. <laughs> Um, but like he teleports around, he can hear people talking on a whole, on like he, he, like he went with Conus, he attacked her from my, like a, m- miles away. She was on Angel Beach and he's on Upper Yard, probably in his shrine up top, like miles in the, like, um, like, uh, not miles in the air, but in the air too. And he's just like, uh, godly thunder. So it's like, Jesus fucking Christ. And then of course there's later the scene where he fucking dies and he revives himself, like, <laughs> The build-up for the Enaru is great. Did anything happen in that scene? Like, they're talking, but uh, and he takes out Zoro and, or Usopp and Sanji. Um, oh, and he, he mocks Gonfor. Um, oh, yeah, he, yeah, he didn't do much. He just talked, told, him, told, told him about the City of Gold. Did you have any thoughts on Luffy versus Wiper? It's because it's kind of just a uh, fight, so... Yeah, it starts, and then Luffy gets eaten by the snake or whatever. Or uh, falls into a cave, I'm sorry. <laughs> Spoilers, Nathwiz, how dare you? <laughs> yeah, um... But yeah, because it, it, it just cuts around to a lot of, like... You know, it's like, it, it's setting up stuff. Like, now we know how Wiper's big burn bazooka works. Then we cut to one of the Shandians fighting Yama, and we get a teaser of his powers before he gets a fight. And we see Robin exploring... Oh yeah, because, uh... Oh, Robin, I think, does she, is this when she gives, yes, she gives, she finally gives us a time frame and something, um, a pretty important lore drop, that's not, we don't know why it's important yet, um, but basically, she talks about the, uh, the gap in the history of the world, this is called the Void Century, uh, this will definitely not come up again, I'm not mentioning it for no reason in particular. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, uh, how can people say that fucking Skypiea was inconsequential when, like, we get this build-up to, like, important lore stuff and then, like, never mind just, like, the fucking interesting ideas that, you know, are fucking applicable to fucking, like, I'm mentioning, like, fucking colonialism and religion, and I'm like, it's real shit. Well, yeah, because, like, if uh, there would be any sort of, like, focal characters in Skypiea, like, obviously there's Luffy, because Luffy is Luffy, the main character, um... But Robin would, like, you said Nami was pretty important to, like, the themes of the arc, but as far as, like, 
where the plot seems to oh. be going. This seemed to be more like Robin yeah, no, focused um, with like absolutely. all the history well, stuff. See, that's the funny thing because I remember seeing it was like a, a well, comment. And, and, and plus, was, I'm gonna go I'm gonna cut you off that's for fine. a second. I'll but remember what I was gonna say because go this is the. Like, we're coming off of Alabasta, where she joined the crew looking for something. Yes. And so, like, you, you could... it's re, it, You have reason to believe that, like, she wouldn't stick... Like, she's trying to get something, not necessarily that she'd be sticking with the crew. And, like, perhaps, she if she like if she finds her answer here, then she might be gone. But that is not the case. That's a good point. Okay, yeah. maybe I didn't have to and cut you off for that. Maybe that wasn't that no, meaningful. Go ahead. No, no that's fair. Well, because, yeah, she is... You know, she, she had... All the Straw Hats have their own goals... So there is the question of like, why are they still with the crew? And, you know, because they see, usually it's because they see the crew as the best way to achieve that goal. Well, Robin in particular, she's newer to the crew, and um, yeah, and um, she's also like, as we saw with Brogue Works, you know, she's not necessarily the most loyal. Like her introduction, like how, like I, I pointed out, like how many things was she doing to work against Brogue Works at the time? And she also didn't kill Igram, which I couldn't say then, but, like, she'd done it. <laughs> so it's like, there's so much of her there that's, like, you know, not loyal to her. But obviously Brogue Works is a criminal organization, and the Star Hats are pretty cool, so, you know, probably not gonna happen with them, but it's like, the possibility is there. Um, but what I was gonna say is, it, it was a joke post, but it's like sort of like someone imagining the Straw Hats as like a D&D group, a Dungeons & Dragons group. Like, Zoro is, he's the player who doesn't like anything but fighting, and that's why Zoro's always asleep outside of the fights. And Robin's the only character who cares about the, the Game Master's story. <laughs> that was it. Because, like, she is. She's the only <laughs> one who cares about that, like, the actual, like, setting and history of the world. No, everyone else just get, wants cool shit and adventure and fights. And Robin's like, but the lore... <laughs> <laughs> fucking nerd. <laughs> um, but it's funny. Well, because, like, that's even true, like, of the later stuff is, like, she's the only one who cares about the history of the world that's, like, possibly the most important element of the setting. <laughs> like, not even gonna lie. It's fucking huge. Um, so what you're saying is that she's not an actual player. She's an NPC Oda created <laughs> to uh, make sure that the lore... But never mind. This has gone too far. We're going too deep. We're going too deep, man. <laughs> oh, man. Alright, so, um, I guess if we're done with that, we do get another fight, because there's a bunch of those. Um, what did you think of, I, I guess, I think you already mentioned you weren't too, or maybe, I don't know, uh, Chopper versus Garatsu, the, uh, um, the, the Vassal, which is Chopper. Um, this was, like, other than that little moment I talked about okay. earlier with the mantra, this was probably one of the more interesting of the earlier fights, just because this guy's such a doofus. <laughs> he is, like, and so it's, there's a lot of, like, gags and stuff, and you also have Chopper, like, this is Chopper's first one-on-one -on -one fight, um, with that, and he's also completely alone, like, last time he had Luffy watching him, and, uh, that, or with, on Drum he had Luffy watching him, and on Alabasta he was with Usopp, and... You know, sort of, I guess, like, kind of what the arc, it, it's, like, reaffirm, like, if, if I have, if I have to, like, force a takeaway out of this fight, it's that Gatatsu is fucking weird, and, like, which is kind of, like, because Chopper's whole thing is that he's the, he's this monster, he's this outlier, but here's Gatatsu, who's, like, way weirder than him, even though he, like, a, he's a sky person, <laughs> like, so, and, and you also have Chopper sort of, like, reaffirming, he's, you know, he's just trying, he wants to be a man, so he's trying to be reliable, and he, he does, and it's fine, um, well, there was sort of an interesting moment, um, which I guess was later on. Um, obviously, one of the funny things with Garasu was he's like, where did he go? Does he have the power to make himself invisible? And he's just showing the whites of his eyes, so which like, it's one of those things that just happens in manga and anime, and it looks cool, but it's 
Like this character is literally doing that. And like, Gattasu has he has yeah. so many weird like traits. Like he keeps trying to like cross his arms, but he does it wrong. So his arms are just sort of like in front of him, like in an X. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Are you okay? Oh, and I guess there was one thing I forgot to mention because like, and he just um, randomly attacks his own subordinate because he can't aim or something. Well, yeah, that happens. Yeah, and then um, well, because Chopper um, he says that like right before he ends the fight, he says, "I'm a monster. I'm strong." Like in order to yes, win, that and was it. Become a reliable man. He has to also accept that he is a monster. So yes, um, that was the big takeaway that, for me. Yeah, exactly. So I, I I almost forgot about it, which is shameful, absolutely shameful. But um, for me, yeah, because <laughs> it was something that you know the villagers of uh, drum. The, the, um, drum. Yes, that's the name. Um, you know, like they they insulted him. Like you're a monster, blah. Yeah, yep. but he sort of like reclaims that. He's like, no, I am a monster. Yeah, you should fear me. Chopper is a good boy. <laughs> I also yep, like how he, there's this or what's there's this uh war this like warrior whatever working with uh name guy Gattasu? I forget or his name. Gatasu, yeah. Kamakiri? Yeah, there, like, but there's the warrior who shows up and they're like, okay, we're gonna team oh, up, the, we're gonna the, fight the, together, the and he just one shots yeah. him. Um, yeah, the dude. heavenly warrior. That's the name. Yeah, he was. He was. He, he's the MVP, and then he dies because he gets stuck in a swamp <laughs> cloud and suffocates to death. Well, no, no, no. and then Chopper, Chopper heals oh, no, him, right. and he's like, "Okay, I'll, I'll fight alongside you." And then he that's just gets right, one shot. Right. He, uh, no, okay, I, <laughs> you're right. He does get knocked out. Well, it's like it's interesting because like Gattasu's like attacks are so dangerous to Chopper, so he like introduces the side character to take those attacks, so we could see how dangerous they are without Chopper actually getting hurt. Uh, and it's and it's funny, and like it makes sense, and it's it's, it's fine. Um, so yeah, it was. I think. Hmm. Like, I did have a takeaway from the own fight, but yeah, this one is, is also a decent fight. Um, like, the fights are decent. It's not like they're ba- bad, but, like, after Alabasta, it's like, eh, they could be better. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's definitely not Alabasta, but then again, it also didn't have the same build-up as true. Alabasta. Well, Alabasta so had a lot of build-up, and it was also, like, well, because, like, the other thing is, like, because I mentioned last time it's Alabasta, it, it was the first arc to, to push the Straw Hats to 100%. Like, they're all putting in all of their effort, you know, Luffy especially. And so this arc, like, with the other Straw Hats, they're just kind of fights. Like, Zoro, he doesn't particularly struggle with Ohm. Like, he doesn't come away from that fight, like, super wounded. Um, Any character who encounters Enaru gets super fucked up. But, like, you know, Chopper had a decent fight. Robin had a decent fight. Um, which is, for them, that's their first one-on-one fights. So for everyone else, it's kind of like a mixed bag, depending on the character. But with Luffy, I also think it's interesting, like, I guess we're, while we're on the topic of general fights, because, like, with Crocodile, Crocodile was the first person to push him to 100%. Enaru is actually way stronger than Luffy, technically. He has, like, one of the strongest Logia-type Devil Fruits. Um, he's, like, he's all-hearing. He's incredibly powerful to, like, he def- easily defeats Zoro and Sanji without breaking a sweat. And they're the monster, they're two of the monster trio. But Luffy is... He's so Luffy is someone who's weaker than Enaru, but is able to beat him because he's a um, he's a natural enemy of lightning rubber, and b he's created enough to get around his mind reading. So basically, Luffy is doing to Enaru what like almost what like what characters like Don Creek were to Luffy, where they, like Don Creek has every advantage, but Luffy still wins because he's stronger. Like now Luffy has every advantage, and he wins because he you know Enaru was just wasn't able to keep up. So it's like it's like it's like flipping it a bit, where Luffy is fighting someone who should be stronger than him, but he's got all the advantages this time. So it's like 
what and what I like about it is like because you think like oh Luffy put in all of his effort he's got to get stronger now right but like he's able to make a situation where Luffy fights a stronger more dangerous opponent but like Luffy doesn't have to get stronger himself to actually win because he's already like the natural enemy of Enaru and I just thought that was a really interesting way to explore Luffy's abilities further and like I, I you know I wonder I'm trying to think of like other shonen series and like because they're often so like preoccupied with like growth. That they don't, like, explore the character's limits as much. And, like, so, like, One Piece is kind of, I guess, like, there's, I'm sure there's other examples. I just can't think of any right now. Because, like, one, one I just think it's interesting that One Piece, like, sets Luffy up against a, a really strong dude that he has to put all in, all his, and, but it doesn't make him get stronger immediately after that. And I think that's pretty cool. Um... So yeah, that that was yeah, yeah. Because usually with those characters, it's like they will. Well, I guess the thing also it helps that like Luffy doesn't. I mean, I don't know. There are probably other moments in Shonen where a character like manages to barely win, and then it's like I need to get stronger. Yeah. But like Luffy doesn't lose, so he's not like oh, I need to get stronger well, so I don't lose he's, again. And he, yeah, he's not even that like kind of character necessarily. Because even with like a close loss like that, like a character would think like you know I might I want to get stronger so that doesn't happen again. But Luffy doesn't give a fuck and that might come back to bite him in the ass later or not who knows um and but it's like it's, it, i just think it's an interesting way to structure the power uh curve so to speak because it's like we hit top but we're not going to go higher right after that so it's cool one piece is interesting in that way and because even the fact that luffy goes so far without actually getting stronger is interesting so cuffed um because he's still, like, that's the thing. He's still, like, maybe a little bit more experienced than he was at the start of the story, but I wouldn't say he's necessarily stronger. Like, he might seem stronger, but that's also because he's fighting stronger people. So, yeah. So, I guess, did we have anything else to say on Chopper versus Geretsu, or? Um, the ending is kind of funny, where he's like, ah, oh, I have to <laughs> escape, and then he just shoots himself further down, and he just sinks into his own trap. Rest in peace. He's dead. He fucking died. <laughs> Um, so anyway, um, next up is, uh, I guess another, another fight, Luffy, or not Luffy, Nami. Why did I say Luffy? <laughs> Haven't we done that before? I swear one of us has said not, uh, tried to say Nami, but said Luffy instead. <laughs> no, no, for me, for me, I was, you were saying like, oh, at least he hasn't said Zolo, and I was like, no, but I've called him Luffy. <laughs> oh, yeah, and you've also called Oda Kubo. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was the other one. Um, so yeah, I guess, uh, Nami and Gonfall have a fight with, uh, Hotori and Kotori, I think? Satori, yeah, Satori's the older brother. So, um, yeah. Uh, and this was, this was a, this was a fight? Um, I think. Nami doing, doing things, you know, she, she said, like, no, sometimes I need to do the protecting. Even when Ganfor is like, no, you, stay there. Um, and that was, yeah, and that then, was cool. Nami got to do a thing. Yeah, um, well, if I guess if there's any takeaway, it's just Nami sort of reaffirming what she did on Alabasta. Like, she's able to fight. She's able to, like, let herself come to harm to achieve, to win. Like, she gets hurt by the impact dial just like last time she got hurt by the uh, um, double fingers na- needles. Though I guess, um, you know, she's able to fight without, you know, it, like, Vivi was pressing her last... Like, she wanted to help Vivi last time, so of course she's going to put in her all. And now she's, like... So she, she, she's showing off a bit more experience, but there's no, uh, there's no like, idea, like, major idea I took from it, at least. So... Um, no, not really. It's just kind of... Yeah, Nami's still capable. I, d- I like the little panel with her just sticking her tongue out, and she's like, this might hurt a little, as she uses the, the impact dial to just kill this guy. Mm-hmm. Nami's Nami's always got a lot of good expressions, but yeah, I guess moving on. Um, help arrives. It's except it's just like 
uh, Pagia, Conus, and uh, Isa, so not exactly, but, well, they're able to, you know, um, well, I like the bit where, like, Ice is, like, ready to fight Nami, and Nami's like, I will impact you, you little shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, she will fucking destroy this child. <laughs> oh, God. Nami's so mean. <laughs> well, I mean, the kid's being a- mean, too. Um, uh, did you have anything else to say about that? Or, I guess there's one other scene we can talk about before we get to the next fight. Well, yeah, because then it cuts to the, the big leader of the forces guy, and uh, Robin's like, no, don't destroy the the the, the history. And yes. so she just, like, runs off. Yeah, that was the fight I was going to uh, uh, skip to. Because before that, well, before we talk about the fight, there's, like, a little bit with Kamakiri and Eneru, where Kamakiri finds out that Eneru's a Logia, and thus invincible to common means. Um, though it kind of doesn't matter, because lightning. Wiper has Sea Stone, so... Like, he was prepared anyway. Um, though it does, it's more of his godly power. Like, I do like like the fucking panels of him. He's just got a spear in his head, and he's like, eh, doesn't bother me. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, um, nothing much to say there, unless you do have something to say there. Otherwise, we can go ahead to Yama and versus Robin. Because, do you have anything to say about that fight? Robin finally gets a fight. See, there was maybe one single takeaway I had from this fight, because I also don't remember this much happening. Um, But yeah, they fight, and there's the one... Where the heck is it? Okay, there it is. There's the one panel where she is, like, like swinging him from a a tree or whatever with her arms, and, you know, it just shows her, like... She's, like, grabbing her shoulder, and it's, like, it seems to imply that there's, like... You know, like, how do her powers work? It seems to imply that it's based on, like, muscle or whatever. Like, she has to use strength to, like, mm-hmm. s- you you know, carry things with her arms or whatever. Um, so, like, yeah. that's just interesting to, like, see a bit of how her powers work. Because I felt like she was, um, it, you know, obviously she's the newest member of the crew. So we don't quite fully understand how her devil fruit works well because like all we've seen uh, her do is she took out a bunch of soldiers and pell pretty much like so we haven't seen her do quite a lot with her powers so this is her and we, we, we at least not in a fighting situation so this is like this is her first like extended fight with uh and um uh, and her first fight as a straw hat period so um so like we yeah, don't we don't really know what her limits are but here we kind of just see like a, a little bit of like what could be a weakness well because like I mean, so um, a couple things I took away from the fight is, like, I guess the idea here is obviously, like, you know, she, she cares about history, but also, also I guess what I noticed that I didn't before is that she cares about, like, the Vars, that this holy land, she cares about it and its integrity more than this defender of the holy land. Like, so, because um, he's, like, destroying it. He doesn't care. But Robin wants to protect the, the, the artifacts and stuff, so... I guess there's a bit of a difference there. And she, she, also, she's just fucking Rexim and, like, more, she's more cruel than, like, any other straw hat in the way she fights. Like, when she fucking, like, Yama jumps in the air and she flips around his sash of axe dials and he runs into a tree and cuts himself up like Jesus fucking Christ. And after that, she, like, he, like, she, like, grabs him by the hair and pulls him up. Like, she just fights in a really brutal way. And, and then there's that like, panel where she says, you do such horrible things. <laughs> After, after just fucking ruining him, but it's which is funny because she cares more about history than she does his like body and life. She doesn't give a fuck about this guy, so that's why she's able to say that because she's just so she is kind of twisted in that way. And if, so it, this she she reads like a character who comes from a criminal background, and I like that. Um, 
Because Jesus fucking Christ, she just rips him to shreds, and it's great. Like, so as a fight, it's like, she just sort of stomps him. But, like, it's it's cool. It's Robin. She's cool. So, I don't, it's fine. So, yeah, everyone's, um, did you, was that all you had to say on the fight? Or, yeah, probably, yep. I think. Yep. Okay. Um, so, yeah, moving on, um, there's a, she and Chopper go back to exploring. Chopper runs into Ulm and Holly, or I think it's Holy, like Holy, yeah, or Holy, because it's heaven, so of course they're going to name their dog that. Though they they translate it as Holly, so maybe it is supposed to be Holly, I don't know. Um, I, I, I've seen other translations that use Holy, and that I guess fits the, the religion thing better. Um, and then this dog fucking kills Chopper because his antlers pop off of his head with his hat. <laughs> And I just said, it just works, okay? Leave it me alone. <laughs> um, yep. Um, and then Ohm actually kills Chopper. Like, it goes from, like, goofy shenanigans, and then Ohm just fucking wrecks him. And it's like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> Poor Chopper. He didn't deserve this. So anyway, um, Luffy's getting pissed off that he's in a snake um, that's a cave, and he starts attacking the cave. And the cave gets mad <laughs> and starts chasing Nami. <laughs> So Luffy is indirectly fucking over Nami. Um, nice going, nerd. Um, also, oh yeah, the, I like what's up? in like in between that. There's like this brief cut to Zoro, and I like how he's there with the the bird the who's like South facing. Bird, yeah. yeah, and it's like facing a weird direction. Zoro's like, "What are you? What are you doing?" But of course, because it's the South Bird, like Zoro needs to go south. <laughs> and so, he's... We, so we know that Zoro's going the opposite. That's good. You're right. He's going the opposite way because he's a fucking idiot. See, and that's that. Like, I wasn't sure if the bird was like trying to tell Zoro that. Like, Zoro's well, all like, think, "Oh, you're you're think... about food. Like, you're looking for food, and you followed me. You shouldn't have followed me, you, you idiot." And then, like, it picks up the bag and flies away. <laughs> yeah, like I wasn't quite sure what was happening there because I know, like, we have these well, pre- sentient animals in One Piece. Yeah, I, like I don't think the bird. The bird obviously didn't know where Zoro was going. Like, I'm pretty sure it was. It just wanted to watch Zoro, so it had to be in front of him. To look south at him because Zoro's going the wrong way, <laughs> um, and of course, yeah, it does take take the to the bag because it thinks there's food in it. And later, he I love the birds like th- we see his thought bubbles, but you know it's a bird, so it, we but so we only see it in like images, which is pretty, which he also did with Richie back in Logtown. I remember because Richie was thinking about food, so he'd have a thought bu- bubble of a rice bowl and whatnot. So in Oda's world, animals only think when it's about food. <laughs> I guess. At least we we only see their thoughts when it's about food. Because I do love the bit where he's like, hmm, Snake want food. Zoro is food. <laughs> Drop Zoro. Snake goes for Zoro. And then he drops Zoro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fucking asshole. Why are Southbirds such ath- assholes? <laughs> like, the whole species, <laughs> I say, from just these two. Um, well, no, I guess they saved Chopper, so they're not that bad. So yeah, oh, I, I love the how it, like the setup of everyone at the the ruins with like Ohm and Gonfor and Wiper, and then there's just a big spread of them and the snake. It just looks cool. Um, but yeah, I already talked about Zora versus Ohm. So wow, now I feel kind of stupid because I'm looking at this panel where like the snake, <clears throat> like it's catching up to our. It's over by Nami, and it's, like, drinking the water, and then it, like, immediately cuts to Luffy, and it's like, wow, I almost drowned, there was an earthquake, blah. And I, I don't know how I hadn't put the pieces together by then, that they were the same thing. Oh, when did you figure it uh, out, like, when Luffy was, when they fell into the snake and found Luffy, or? 
Actually, no. Like, it was immediately you... after that when he when he kicked the snake, and ah. then you saw the reaction from the snake. But somehow, I still didn't connect that like Luffy drowning was like the snake drinking water. I actually didn't notice that probably, but I I don't even remember the snake drinking. But um, I obviously I knew from the beginning because I'd read this so many times before. But uh, so I, I I'm not sure when I quote unquote figured it out. So Skype in general was weird for me because it actually like I never really got through it until like like I wasn't I I think. I think I, I like I'd wa- tried to watch it and read it a few times, but um, I don't think I actually like wa- was one hundred percent sure I'd seen the entire thing until it was weird because the Australian uh, TV they were airing the Funimation uncut One Piece dub and someone was uploading that onto Arlong pa- or they were linking it on Arlong Park, so I actually ended up like watching all of Skypea English dubbed. And I think that was the first time I went through the whole arc from like beginning to end for sure until I bought the volumes later. Um, so, and then I reread it for the video, because, I don't know, I just, like, yeah, Skypea does have slower bits, and I lost interest in it at some point, so, um, so I, I have no idea when I first knew that Luffy was in the snake, so I can't, like, I can't even predict, remember any of that shit anymore, it's just been so long since I started the series, uh, the, the, so some of that, uh, sense of, like, that's why I keep asking you about that stuff, it's like, what did you think when you noticed this, like, the Jaya reveal, because, like, I can't have that anymore, Mathwiz, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to re-experience what it's like to go through One Piece the first time vicariously through you. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> this is what the Nen show was all for. It was really just we were we all we just went through the first two just to get to One Piece. This is what it's all about. Once One Piece <laughs> is over, we're going to cancel it. And that's going to be the <laughs> and end. Because Craftsworth oh, got what he wanted. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, um, there's a bunch of fighting. Um, uh, Holly, Holly can box. Um, she's a boxing dog. Um, I don't know why. It's goofy. Um, but, uh, yeah. It happens. And Robin's going down rather than up. She's trying to find the stuff. Also, I do like the, the panel series of the pages where he, she's like, like you see her like carving up, uh, the cloud and her hands are like passing it upwards. Like, her power is so fucking cool. Um, like, I don't know, I feel like the thing with Robin's power, and, like, like I don't know, it, it's tricky, because it's, like, she can just so easily, like, defeat opponents, like, how does she get a good fight? I don't know, it, it's, like, the ammo one was fine, but, like, how does she, how do you write a fair fight with Robin? I don't know, like, maybe, I don't know, we'll see, I guess, we'll see, I suppose. Um, yeah, that's the thing, because, like, we, we saw, so far what we've seen of her is either she's wrecking somebody for the most part, or like the fight with uh well not you know fight the little squash yeah. thing with um crocodile Emperor, yeah. where well, like she just that, can't both of them yeah she just gets destroyed like she she can either do every she either it's she wins or gets beaten and both in really easily pretty much like the only thing with Yama like she wasn't held back by like any sort of like she was held back for external reasons not because of like her power like she could have destroyed Yama at any time. She was just was in a you know precarious spot. You know she didn't want to hurt the artifacts, so she had to run. And then once she was free, she just fucking destroyed him. So yeah, it's like she can't basically like if she can grab something, she's pretty good. If she can't grab something, then she's she's st- yeah. Because she, again, Logia, she she couldn't just break Crocodile's neck. <laughs> she can't do that. That's he's sand. Um, at least not without water. But Crocodile dealt with that because he's Crocodile. So oh, she is that her? No. Um, well, because like. Um, while the fighting's going on, Robin's digging up the the lost city of Shandora, and I was trying to see if she's on here, if she's if she's on this big two page spread. And she there's a sound bubble near the top, 
So, maybe, but I don't actually... Uh, I'm not sure if I can see her or not. Like, I'm playing fucking Where's, Where's Waldo, Waldo here, and I should probably just be moving on. Yeah, Craft Store, if we can only play Where's Waldo when we're looking for Panda Man. <laughs> um, Alright, so... Did you have anything to say about uh, Zoro versus Ulm? Because I already said, pointed out, you know, my thoughts on it, and you know, talked about how the concentration element plays in. Because Ulm's just getting distracted with everything else, dumbass. Um, yeah, I think you, I think you basically covered it. Like, he's got his iron clouds, and Zoro's trying to dodge him, and then eventually he just cuts him. Yep. Oh yeah, Nami gets got sw- and Isa got swallowed by the snake, and they meet Luffy. <laughs> and I like how when like the the panel where uh, they realize that Luffy's been in there the whole time, and then they really, and it was his fault that the snake was going wild, and I, I just, yeah Nami hits Luffy and then she makes the snake go wild, so uh, just goof, more goofy gags. Oh yeah, Enaru comes down to see Robin and they have a little chat about the bell because Enaru's looking for the bell too. Well, I'm still back a little further. I see like. Uh what is it, Rocky showing up, like, I don't know, this was one of the, like, I'm sure she she does something for the arc, but, I don't know, this was another one of those details that, like, here's a character that's just kind of here for the arc, um, oh, I, I don't said, know, yeah, didn't really do much that's pretty, for me. Like, as, like, yeah, she's a plot device, but she, like, she's just kind of a plot device, like, well, no, there's the thing of her with the Vars, she wants the Vars, and, like, that's a thing, I guess, so... She's, you know, there's a little, there's a little bit to her, but like, yeah, she's just kind of like, you know, mine. She's able to see the voices, so she's able to sense, and that's a thing. And yeah, it's, she doesn't add a lot. Yeah, Isa, right? Um, yeah. Uh, no, no, not Isa. Um, oh, she she does a little her. more. Okay, I misheard. No, it, it's it's the the adult the adult woman. Rocky. Uh, okay, Rocky. That's, I, I misheard. I'm sorry. I just this is. Yeah, she's hmm. She's just kind of there. You're right. Um, but anyway, um, Anaru, um, he's like, I'm bored, and then he, uh, after Omi gets beaten, he brings down everyone to the lower level. Oh, and the, the snake starts, uh, singing and dancing for no reason in particular, right, Mathwiz? Yep. I mean, now you know what it it's, is. <laughs> it's totally random, <laughs> that, that snake, that crazy snake. Yep. Um, and then he gets fucking destroyed by Anaru. Because Enru is a fucking asshole. <laughs> so, also, right, in um, the meantime, I... there was this cutaway to uh, Konus and her father and this guy. And it's like, oh, Enru is going to destroy everything. This country is doomed. And then, boom, lightning strikes. Yep. And uh, characters I guess we could... dead. Yep. We could talk about gone. that. <laughs> Did you want to talk about that now or later? Um. Well, I mean, they're not dead. Obviously. Yep, they're not. Um, in fact, I don't think anyone... Well, there might have been, like... Like, there was no noteworthy amount of casualties, at least. Like, um... Like, Gatsu, he, uh, don't... We don't... He's gone. He just went through, straight through the bottom. Um... So, but yeah, it's like... I don't know. Did you want to talk about that now or later? Um... Um... Yeah, I, I'll wait on it a little yet. I'll let, right. I'll, I'll still... I'll let it stew for a bit more. <laughs> okay. So anyway, um, I do like, so going back to Enaru and stuff, he's, you know, there with the last of the survivors. Uh, his prediction was not quite right. There's one more that he does, and of course he also doesn't know about Luffy and Isa because they're stuck in the snake. Um, I, and I like the bit where, like, 
he's like, which one of you are you going to vote among yourselves? And he, they're like, eh, I don't want to do it. And then they like nod, and Nami like fu- yeah, is fucking they- terrified. <laughs> Poor Nami. Yeah, I because it was like a smaller panel, like from more of like a distance. I couldn't quite tell if they were like looking back at Nami or if, they, but they were just nodding. That's what they were doing. Okay, because Nami's just like what. Well, maybe the, well because like, no, like, the way Zoro's me. head it looks like almost look like he is looking back at her, but it might just be like, but they have the head motion there. I don't, uh, but because like I I I, I don't know. I, I, maybe they, it could be either. Like and I'm I'm kind of stuck on it now. I, I just kind of maybe it's both. Maybe Zoro maybe Zoro's looking back at Nami and is like, hey, take Nami because. But it seems weird of them to all look back at Nami and then just go focus on Eneru, you know? Like, no, yeah, so they're right. That's you're, why, you're prob- well, I they're probably was, just nodding. That's why I figured it was You, you were right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ignore me. Because I do like that. They're just like, yeah, you're going down, Eneru. Um, uh, so yeah, we get a bit of more of the, like, uh, Gonfar, he's, you know, um, worrying about giving the Shandians their, uh, their land back. And then Eneru comes in, and then we see some village kids talking about, oh, my dad's working for God, he'll come back one day. <laughs> A uh, silly, naive child <laughs> being hopeful. <laughs> and so, also we learn a bit more about Enru's motivation, because he's looking for the Endless Varse, which is something that even the Sky People think of mythical, think is mythical. Um, and, well, because we, we find, you know, he, like, the way he sees it is that, you know, the land, gods should be on the land of gods, and the Endless Varse, and humans should be on the ground. So the Skyland is, it's unnatural, it's something, it's not a place for gods or men. Uh, so he, it should be destroyed. And of course, I think Gonfort even says, like, there is no such thing as God. Like, it's all human land, so it doesn't matter. But, uh, Eneru's a fucking maniac, so, uh, yeah. Um, I do have more to say on that later. Um, did you have anything to note about this, or I guess the general encounter of Eneru versus everyone? I mean, things get introduced that will come up later, which are just like, you know, him talking about, like, oh, it's only natural. Like, I'm only restoring things to their natural way or whatever mm-hmm. like that becomes more important later but in the moment um he just kills everybody pretty much like this guy this this old man he's like i'm gonna fight you oh no i'm electrocuted and he's down yep and then then robin gets wrecked and well there's actually an interesting sort of bit after that because like robin gets wrecked and zoro says she's just a woman and Enru's like, y- yeah? And you also get that later bit when Rocky comes into the sidelines because, um, like, Enru points out that, like, like Enru doesn't see women and, uh, men and women as, like, different. He doesn't, like, uh, you know, he's like, women can be, f-. he, he's not sexist, but Zoro, it, it kind of is because he, he's, like, mentioning the fact that Robin is a woman, like, as if that's something notable, like, it matters, like, uh, like, Enru is worse for attacking a woman than it, a man. And people say Zoro's not sexist. Like, here here he is, like, kind of looking down on Robin as a woman by pointing it out. Like, it doesn't, when it doesn't, when, as Enderu says, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, uh, that, yeah. that's one of the, the other points of evidence that I think about uh, as far as Zoro's uh, sexism goes. Um, and you kind of see that, like, any, and Enderu is pointed out with Wiper and Rocky as well um, later. So, that was one thing I had to mention. <laughs> and then, of course, there's Wiper. Of being fucking awesome because he uses sea stone and kills Enru. He actually like kills him. He stops Enru's heart, but Enru defilibrates his own heart and comes back to life. 
<laughs> Holy shit. It's such a good moment. And it was really good. I forget. What was, what was in the sea prism? Was it? Oh, was it the oh, shoes? No. It, the shoes were, yeah, they have sea prism in it because that was his plan to, you know, use sea stones so that Eneru couldn't escape and then reject dial him to kill him. But it, but then Eneru fell back away from the sea prism, so his uh, lightning came back and it re- revived his. He just it, like which well that is like that and Killua using his like electricity to make all of his body like a nerve and so he can react from anything. Like those are like yeah, the yeah, two yeah. single most like creative uses of electricity I've seen. I can think of like uh, both of them because he he fucking died and he deflubrated his own heart, which you know again adds to his godliness. He he he's he's Jesus. He died and what revived. Like not in more like in three seconds than in three days, but uh, you get the idea. Um, and so basically, Jesus. electricity is the best power any character. Can I think have. I agree. Yeah, electricity is really good. Like um, fire can be, but it's not often. Like look at Ace; he's just kind of he shoots fire. That's it. Like um, I've heard what's it called, Fire Force, and then No Shobutai or whatever. This I think it's by the same author as uh, the Soul Eater. Um, like I've heard that uses a lot of creative uses for fire. But it's not normal, I would say. Whereas, like, with with electricity, I can think of, like, two characters who use it in really neat ways. And so, like, you know, right, these two. Uh, or, no, not these two. Enaru and Killua, just off the top of my head. So, yeah. And electricity is cool, is what I'm saying. But I, I gotta also gotta say, Wiper's fucking endurance is, like, off the charts. Like, he gets blasted, like, like by lightning, like, th- several times. He uses the reject dial, like, three times. Like... <laughs> He, I mean, at the end of it, like, Choppers even points out his bones are fucking smashed, but he didn't die. <laughs> like, the dude is fucking got a lot of endurance is what I wanted to say. He's like, holy shit. And even, like, point, you know, he's like, he's not standing for himself. He's got his ancestors. You know, he's that's who he's fighting for. You know, um, his past, his history. So, yeah. Um, Wiper is cool, I guess. Um, I guess, like, well, because the thing about this arc is, like, this is the longest arc. And actually... Yeah, this is easily the longest arc that didn't add a new member to the crew. Like, the last time that ha- that we got any arc that didn't add someone to the crew would, would have been, uh... Well, technically Jaya, but Jaya also leads into this one. But also, um... Like, because at the end of Alabasta, Robin joins, kind of. Uh, you know, and then mostly she joins in the... Like, it's like right at the bridge of Alabasta and Jaya. But Little Garden would have been the only one. So it's like, I feel like, I wonder if people were like expecting wiper to join just because another straw hat like how do you have an arc this long and not have a straw hat join like it's i didn't never have that perspective because obviously he was never on like he was never on the crew but uh i i just kind of wonder what people thought back then is what i'm yeah and i I guess i i couldn't have that perspective because like i've I I know who the straw hats are. Like I, it's kind of tough to not see the marketing. Yeah, and see, yeah. look at all those guys, and that guy looks really weird. I have still you. You still haven't seen him yet. <laughs> you know. So and yeah. like with Robin, you were kind of like, is that the same character? And then once you, you got the name, you're like, oh, that's the straw hat. Like you don't have that like perspective of not knowing anything. Um, which yeah, is, it's shame, but it's also unavoidable. Like I've heard it pointed out. Like in a few years, when One Piece ends people will be going into One Piece knowing what the One Piece is. So, like, we, but we, going through it now, still don't know that. So there's some level of mystery that you're just, like, once we find out what the One Piece is, it's, like, it's in the title of, like, one of the most popular series to come out in, like, you know, since it came out. like, And it's been going on for, like, 20 years. 25, so, yeah, like, 20, 25 years. And, like, so, no, you're right, 20 years, yeah. Like, <laughs> 
So, like, once we find out what the One Piece is, the spoiler is going to spread like wildfire because it's, like, answering the biggest question of one of the biggest series in 20 years. And so, like... But but we now have we but we don't have that perspective yet, so we're able to like just go through the series and it's cool. So yeah, um, so I'm curious as to how like like because you do have in some ways a transformed perspective from knowing outside things that you literally can't avoid, like Nico Robin. So um, it's it's kind of interesting how everyone who goes into One Piece is going to have some sort of transformed perspective. Like there's things that I wish I like even if you just watch the anime. You see, Robin, like, the reason I didn't use the third opening earlier was because Robin shows up in it, even though the, the third opening starts partway through Alabasta. So it spoils that she joins the crew before Alabasta even ends. Nice going, Toy, hey? You fucks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Shonen OPs do that all the fucking time, but it's still, I, like, why? Why do they do that? Because they always like to hint at the material that's coming. Like, look, look at all these things that are going to happen later. But, like, <laughs> the Straw Hats joining is a big deal. So it's, like, sh- a shame. So, um, but like I said, you can- the only way you could, like, feasibly avoid it is if you somehow go into the manga without knowing or seeing a lot of One Piece, not recognizing Robin like you did, and then just getting lucky, basically. But then some characters are, like, recognizable. Like, how do you miss them? <laughs> so, yeah, it's a-, it's a shame. But I, I, yeah, you got me thinking now about, like, people will one day go into One Piece knowing what the One Piece is, and that's that's crazy, because, like, One Piece is older than me. <laughs> like, by a couple months, One Piece is older than me. So, like, people have been born and have, like, lived... Like, pe- yeah, you born and were, come, came along to live long enough to read One Piece, and it's you still, but you still don't know what it is. And it, yeah, because it's it will still have, ongoing. Yeah, and we'll either Oda will die, or you will, you'll find out what the One Piece is in your lifetime. So it's like... <laughs> You know, it's a mystery that will be solved eventually. So basically, you were born at the perfect time to read One Piece, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Your life was leading <laughs> up to this moment, Matt, please. No, I don't know. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, the fighting ends. Uh, yeah, Enaru uh, defeats everyone, even Zoro. Like, that's the thing. It's like, he again, he takes out, like, like Wiper killed him, but it didn't matter. He just get, got back up. So it's like I, I just love how you know he's presented as this as this unkillable god. Well, not unkillable, but unbeatable. He got killed, but he didn't get beaten. Um, it happens. It's One Piece. Char- characters die, but they don't. Right? <laughs> oh God! Yeah. What I said. <laughs> but yeah, and Nami's just like, I'll go. I'll go with you. And and it was yeah, like, that, that that was that was interesting. Was when he said like, or when uh, Eniru, like we were down to the final five, and he's like, "Okay, you all can come with me." And it's like it didn't matter who they were, what they're like. I don't well, know because he, he had as said, long as they knocked out one of them, because so his prediction would be correct. Like that was the only condition. But then now that the yeah. condition's been fulfilled, like he'll just, yeah, I'll take you. Yeah, sure, let's go. <laughs> But of course, then they all fought him anyway, and so Nami was kind of the only one to really yeah. take him up on that offer. Right, right, right. Because she's, and that's that, Nami. She is, you know, manipulative, and so she's able to. Of course, and she did so with the, as we see later, she does so with the intent of sneaking away. But um, you know, she's, you know, at the same time, she she did do that. So it's, it's Nami, Nami being Nami, and then um, yeah, because we see the arc Maxim, and Nami's, you know, like, oh shit, I won't be able to escape it on a flying ship. <laughs> um, so she's kind of she's kind of stuck because she's with a god that she she can in no way defeat, um, and uh, but yeah, and he's ready to take her. And oh, we get the sequence earlier I t- talked about earlier with the snake, um, the sleeping snake, the knocked out snake that Luffy escapes from because like 
if you look at the hatching on his like no above his nose like under his, and even his stripes all look slightly different so he like he drew the same thing like one two three four five times and it looks slightly different each time so like jesus fucking christ um but again with the See, repeating I'll... panels because this kind of takes it to an, another extreme but uh go on i like how sometimes what oda will do with his panels where like it'll like the big like reveal thing like it'll be shown in advance so like in this you have the two pages where you have like the snake opens his eyes and then they like pop out and they're closed again and then you see it's luffy in the eye yeah but like so even from the very (laughs) first time that the snake's eyes are open you can see that luffy is there because it's the same it's the same shape but you don't recognize it as luffy until it zooms in and you see oh it's luffy lifting up the eyelid yeah Um, Right, right. And then he's just got, like, I, such a, a nonplussed look on his face. He's just like, eh, eh, yeah, this is happening right now. <laughs> yeah. I think something, I think he, Oda had done something like that earlier. Um, not with repeating art, but um, just, like, having a detail, like, a small detail in there somewhere. Like, when uh, when Eniru showed up on the ship and, like, confronted uh, Yonami and them, like, there was a more far-off shot of him i think where like he if you look closely like you could see him on the boat but you didn't like you you don't really have to look because he's there in the next page like he's mm-hmm. on the boat yeah yeah but like in that far out shot you can see he's there um <laughs> yeah. so i don't know i get i mean not that oda doesn't also make inconsistencies as the sbs will point out but yeah you know some, sometimes but, um, he, he also he, does he's like got the it. little he, like again he does does do like that's why i remember when uh, sanji was doing the distraction for uh, Crocodile at outside of Rain Base, I was actually looking around in the background shots to see if Sanji was there because putting Sanji there would be a very Oda thing to do, you know? Because he's like, if he does something like that, he'll he'll he likes to include little details like, yeah, this character was always there, you know? Because he 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 plans out things like that, and so it's just it's always neat. Like there's just, there's always just a lot of details, and it's cool. Um, and then sometimes there'll just be random characters. Like the one time in the crowd shot at Alabasta, Mr. Three was just there. <laughs> yeah, just sneaking away, getting getting out, getting home free, um, while the rest of Rogue Works was getting arrested. Um, but yeah, anyway. Um, so yeah, Luffy escapes from the snake. He finds the wreckage of the Enaru fight. Um, and Robin didn't get as wrecked, so she's able to explain what happened. Um and the danger of, you know, Enaru's going to destroy uh, Skypiea. And now Luffy's got something to do because he wrecked yes. his crew, and now Luffy's upset. Yep, he's got a direction. And he also has a mind-reading pal who can find Enaru. <laughs> See, that that's um, why I, I would say that, like, she she did a little more. Yeah, well, uh, was, like, she had a little yeah. more of a purpose than, like, Rocky, because, like, she would... Like, if she wasn't there, how would Luffy have found them? Um... Yeah, good yeah. luck with that, Luffy. Yeah, that's well, because like, yeah, and she is like a plot device, you know. But like, like I edited a whole video on that. There's nothing wrong with plot devices. The question is like, how much do they add to the story? And like, at least Isa has like a little motive of valuing the Vars, which you know, you also I also mentioned that back with Yama and Robin, where, where Yama doesn't value it, even though he owns it. So the and that's why Hini gets wrecked. So yeah, he deserved it. So there's you know, it's a little thing. But um, but yeah, Rocky is just kind of she's 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 a woman, I guess. <laughs> so anyway, um. We do get a scene with Konis, sort of like, um, huh, I actually just thought about this, because it's like, 
the thing with the sky, the the Angel Beach sky people is that you know they have too much faith in their cruel god. Like he, you know, he won't fuck us. He won't destroy us, right? Like, like because um, there was like they they've always been under this god. Like Conus says that like we all know that he has the power to cast us into despair. Like they're just sort of waiting for him or hoping that he never does, and then here he is finally doing it, because, of course, you know, he has the power, why wouldn't he? So, um, and that's also comparable to the to the Shandians, is that they also had too much faith in their traditions, so it's like you got that in both places. So, you know, like I said, Jaya was faithlessness, and this arc is faith of the, that conversation. So, yeah, here it is again. So yeah, Konis, um, helps, starts to evacuate everyone, or get, get, get the evacuation going. Meanwhile, Luffy reaches the arc maxim and so he goes up to fight enru enru blasts him with lightning and luffy's fine <laughs> um enru blasts, blasts luffy again luffy's fine and then he punches enru and uh yeah this this was the good um like we talked about like the reusing art and um you know good comedic timing of it like luffy getting you know uh hit by the lightning thing and it's like oh you just dodged it okay and it's like the panel of the the horse bird thing and the girl and they're just like oh no he, get, he got attacked and then it's just, it's like the same art again only it's like adjusted a little like they look a little more irritated or whatever like it's like oh no Luffy okay no he's fine again <laughs> well, and also then. you get the the fucking the the panel where he like goes up and like grabs Luffy and is like okay you're not dodging this, you are getting hit, and he's just fine, and he's, there's this full, not a two-page spread, but you get a full page of just <laughs> Kami Enidu, just legendary Enidu just expression. <laughs> this is like, it's like, like, Oda has done these goofy things before, like, um, there's the Wapole one, where it's like, the you zoom. know, the zoom, yes. but even those are just like two little panels on like a bigger page. This is a full... A full page just dedicated to this expression. Well, that's what's which so is great about pretty it too, good because, like, because go like because he's the character who you know he's invincible. He's lightning. He and he's the god. So like he's been he's developed yeah, this like reputation so for himself it. in his head and like this ego. And like here is this guy who gets struck by like a, a like a maximum attack and it does nothing. And he's like, wait a minute, what? Like, it's that right. first moment of realization that, like, you know, everything well, that like, he believed of himself is not necessarily yeah, true, because like, here's up his natural whole, enemy. This whole god, god complex, Gonfor even said there's no gods, there's just humans, but, like, he, Enru had no reason to believe that, because here, this god just goes and stomps these humans like ants. Humans we've known, seen to be really powerful, you know? But then Luffy, you know, rejects ever rejects all of his, you know, build up for himself. All this build up we've seen of him, like having able to hear beyond the the island, you know, um, able to revive himself from the dead. And Luffy just like ignores all of that and kicks him. And then so you get the expression, and it's just so perfect because it's like all that build up, and Enaru is just like all that that god complex is just broken down like instantly in just like one from one little dude and it's just so good <laughs> and the face like the uh, the way that I, I like the way the eyebrows like arc up and like pull t- away some of the skin like you can kind of see the like the way the skin uh, I, I noticed that this time for some reason and then the, the running nose and again he hasn't made like goofy expressions at all like he's always been just kind of like smiling or angry but they're all like normal expressions and then this he just goes 
beyond. Like, this is Super Saiyan 3, uh, for even further beyond any expression in the series, really. Like, it's just so over the top, and the fact that it's one page just really just drives it home. It's it's a memorable moment for a very good reason, because it's really good. <laughs> like, it, the build-up continues. This- it sort of continues the general idea that I had kind of posed before. That like the the cool thing about Oda's art is like he can draw these cool looking characters and have them look sinister and and badass and mm-hmm. arrogant and whatnot. But then at the same time, like <laughs> those same designs can look like this. Yeah, he could do this, and it doesn't like ruin Enru's character either. Like this one goofy moment doesn't somehow undercut what's come before, and he gives because he gives Luffy a good fight, and it's and with some really interesting uh, you know and creative stuff. I think the only character who had, I think the only character who didn't really get a goofy expression like this was probably Crocodile, which I think (sighs) is fine because you know Alabasta was a pretty pretty serious thing. Right, right. I mean, there are other characters like I don't think like a a few members of Broke Works probably didn't get anything like Mister One, you know. But like as far as main villains go, well, yeah, I'm thinking more more like main villains because like a lot of them. Craig and Kuro probably didn't either. Like, there's definitely been serious villains, but this is, like... So I guess this is a serious villain who becomes a not-serious villain for one glorious page, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> because he just doesn't know what to fucking make of this. It's just like, what the... How is a man just, like, completely immune to his godly powers? So it's so good. Uh, so aside from that amazing face, did you have any thoughts on the general fight of Luffy versus Enaru? Um, uh, this is one. where the the whole like oh Eniru is doing just what is natural where it kind of comes back into you know now he's fighting his natural enemy yes. where uh I felt like I had an idea in my head about like you know like certain like certain characters in the series were relying on like you know things are miracles things happen mm-hmm. uh because you know the power of a god or a kami or whatever um but like you know, here's the natural enemy for, you know, the the self-proclaimed god of Skypea. Um, and something to do with... Uh, fucking... Damn it, I can't remember what it was now. I was... Well, because, like, I was gonna say is, like, again, like, Eneru has so much faith in the person he's built himself up as. Of course, Luffy, the one with no preconceptions, just completely just stomps on that. <laughs> and, um, so, yeah, there's that, that there. Um... And they also have different... Oh, yeah, I guess um, I, I skipped over that. Shit, that was major for Nami. Because um, she's... Before... I think, yeah, before... Um, or maybe it's after... Maybe, was it later? Or when when Nami is rejecting Eneru. Um, yeah, I think that... Maybe that happened after Luffy Yeah, it, it happens after this fight. So, okay, because I'll, Luffy... I'll, I'll put it off. Because yeah. it's, it's pretty important. Because it, it just... It, it contrasts uh, their ideas of adventure which is what, what I was mentioning earlier about how the arc actually says something about adventure, but um, I'll get to that later. Um, but yeah, Luffy and, you know, Enru. And I also like, again, Lu- um, well, the thing about the God's natural enemy bit is that um, I've mentioned him on this uh, podcast before because he's, like, got the only good One Piece videos that aren't mine. Uh, Mr. Morris has a video that's full of spoilers called uh, God's Natural Enemy. And one thing he points out in that video that's not a spoiler that I thought was interesting is how uh, One Piece is actually very similar to... Um, Journey to the West in a way that Dragon Ball was not in that um, basically I guess the idea of Journey to the West is that Sun Wukong uh, he goes to the, he's a monkey who goes to the land of gods and wreaks havoc and so what's sort of happening here is you have Luffy you know a monkey um, basically rejecting the gods he's the, you know the natural enemy of a god and that's uh, definitely something we will see more of but um, I just wanted to plant that idea um, 
I mean, not as literally, um, but pretty almost as literally, just not like quite this literally. So, um, cause yeah, that's what Luffy's doing. He's rejecting this God completely and utterly because, uh, one of the things I love about the fight is how, um, he's able to, he just comes up with someone like the him bouncing his fists off the walls to hit Enaru was really good. Um, that was pro- probably one of my favorite bits of the fight just because it's so like, of course, it just makes sense with his powers and the randomness goes around the mind reading. So I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Um, I feel like this also sort of um, reflects a bit on like the world of One Piece. Be- like we've talked about it before, how it seems like, oh, these things that happen, they're just kind of, they just happen. They're just sort of like miracles in nature or whatever. But no, like the Oda goes out of his way to like explain that these things have like a cause. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. I'm not, I felt like I had an idea for, like, how that would tie into, like, the whole, like, because uh, this arc is, involves, like, you know, uh, like, religious stuff, mm, or, like, well, like the idea of, like, religion, believing still... in, like, Okay, a... yeah, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. I don't quite know how to explain it, but I don't know. I feel like this Luffy being the natural, like, a natural enemy, like, you know, lightning and rubber, rubber not existing in this land of the gods, um... Yeah. So like so it's he, there the, was nothing the, the, to beat Enaru here ex- until Luffy arrived kind of. Um I guess that's one thing, but uh go on. Yeah. So I'm not I don't know. I don't know quite how to tie it all together yet, but that's fine. It, it, stuff is there and it's interesting. And if some if so, if someone else would point it out and like piece everything together, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, okay, that makes sense." Mm-hmm. I just am not doing that at the moment. Yep. But yeah, so um I another thing I like about the fight is um is well, I like how like like Enru is actually playing it smart because he realizes that he can't beat Luffy, so he just gets rid of Luffy. Like <laughs> he doesn't try to like I'm a god, I will defeat you. He he he's like actually I don't want to fuck with you right now. Like he's he's doing the smart thing that uh you know I don't like um <laughs> and I just thought I I just always like that moment just because he, and again it's Enru being such a cunt like he's got really no honor to him like maybe not no honor but he like he you know he he's above that kind of, kind of those kind of things like i also love the moment later where um usopp is reaching out to nami like nami's riding by on the waiver to grab and usopp reaches his hand out to grab her and enaru doesn't like he doesn't blast them with lightning he doesn't like get in the way of nami's waiver he just pushes usopp's hand down like something about that really gets to me because it's just like it's such a small thing like it's it's smaller than um you know, than so, some some of the things he could do, but at the same time, it's like it's perfect because it's like just enough as well. And so, like Enru's like putting in just enough effort to fuck these guys over completely. But <laughs> so something about that I really like. And this, I guess, is you know he's just he's he's just getting rid of Luffy. So um yeah. And there was also the bit where Luffy gave Nami the hat because Nami's like freaking out about everything, and Nami's like Luffy's like calm down, woman. <laughs> so um. So yeah, did you have anything else to say about uh, the fighting? Uh, Sky Pia, more like Death Pia, <laughs> am I right? Um, no, it was... Yeah, th- this is a good fight. I liked it. I like how he just, you know, gets rid of Luffy. Because he's... I don't know. Yeah, it, I don't know. It's definitely like a, usually there's the, oh no, I, I, I'm stronger, I'm invincible. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Um. But the thing, the thing about... Uh, Nami afterwards that was interesting um, in multiple ways. Go ahead. Um, one of the like the thing that sort of interested me about that you kind of talked about it a little earlier when we were talking about Robin. Mm-hmm. Um, how like and it also reflects like how Nami has changed and perhaps how other members of the Straw Hats have changed. How um, 
she says that you know I do have I do have my goals, but you know where's the joy in that if there's no one to like share that with? Whereas yeah. like before, Nami was a very independent character. Um, she wanted to do everything like herself, like back in Arlong. Especially, yeah. She was like, hey, don't help me. Stay out of this. You do not have to fight my fight because, you know, I don't want to impose right, that on you. But now it. it's kind of... And but now, now it's yeah different because, like, she wants to share that. So, like, yes, she wants to accomplish her goals, but she's not going to throw people away to do that. Mm-hmm. And, well, so... And one thing I found interesting about that is that, like... You know, she's always been the doubter, and I think part of that re- that is because, like, she doesn't... I don't think she gets the thrill of adventuring that the others do. Like, she doesn't... Like, she's... Like, Luffy's like, oh, she's cool! Weird animal! And Nami's always like, that's probably dangerous! Uh, let's fuck off! You know, she's... She doesn't... She, she doesn't have that adventure-loving heart. And I think this moment uh, definitely shows that because, like, what that's what Enru's offering to her. Another grand adventure. Like, for a place even the Endless Varse is to Skypiea, what Skypiea is to the to Jaya, pretty much. It's this legendary thing. And he's... But Nami doesn't like to adventure. Like, and But the thing is, Enru only wants to explore for, like, his benefits. He, you know, he, he only cared about the gold because it helped him with his ship. He, and he wants to go up to this god land because he is god. And he doesn't care about that. Where Luffy wants to explore for the sake of adventure because he finds it exciting. But Nami doesn't find that exciting... But she does, like, connect, like, with the bonfire. Like, everyone else is, like, having this fun adventuring, and she's just enjoying things being with them, vicariously getting enjoyment from them. And that's what she really wants. Like, because there's also, like, um, I remember there's, like, a a paper written on, um, I think it was based on, like, EverQuest 2 or something like that, about, like, the different types of gamers. But what I thought was interesting about that is that, like, there's gamers who want to explore the, the games they play, and gamers who want to achieve something. And that's kind of, like, the difference between Luffy and Nami. Nami's goal isn't exploration. She wants to achieve something. She wants to make a map of the world. Luffy kind of just wants to explore. Like, he wants to be Pirate King, so he does want to achieve something. But what he enjoys is exploration. So, like, there... and that, But Nami's able to get... Like the, the enjoyment of exploration from being with them, and so of course she doesn't she doesn't actually care about endless Varus because you know, and so I, I just thought that was an, an interesting contrast between her and the adventure loving idiots on the crew, you know, like um, so because she doesn't really want adventure, and that ties into that, I feel like this kind of caps off her whole like you know arc this thing with her doubt and you know her and you know now her how that ties into adventure and what how her feelings on it. So it's uh, it's a, it's a good moment, and Nami's good. And some people think that, that the characters don't get meaningful character stuff after they're enjoying arcs. And I'm like, are you paying attention, motherfucker? <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. See, I guess a thing that I w- that I had kind of realized in this arc about the characters, or like something I had been, I guess, thinking about, but it so- clicked a little more in this arc, was that. Um, they do get their backstories, and that, like, fleshes out, you know, who they were, how they became who they are now. Um, and, like, one thing I had originally thought before, like, actually, like, reading this Skypea thing was that, like, I was trying to think of, like, who who are my favorite characters in One Piece at, at present. And, I don't know, like, mm-hmm. so, I guess it depends on where how they're getting used, how they affect each arc. Like, Nami had kind of gone into the background maybe a little more. I don't know, something about her, she just... Well, didn't have yeah, this yeah. like it felt like she had before. sort of changed like she didn't have the same sort of appeal that she had before where she was like always kind of you know okay. getting in like she'd be getting in the way or whatever but i guess that's less of like her character has 
I don't know. Like, the interesting thing about her, that's not really, like, who she is anymore. Like, she has grown, she has changed. Like, she's not trying to screw over the straw hats every <laughs> chance she gets like she used to. Which, in a, like, in a way, lose she loses that sort of distinctness. But, like, in place of that, she is becoming, like, you know, she's part of the crew. She's got these stronger connections with them now. So, that's like... A, that's a good point, that the characters have to be less distinct in order to like fit in with the crew better because I, I can also think of uh, one other particular character who I won't mention but they've also changed in a way that does make them less distinct but um, they are part of the crew now so it's like it's great that they fit in but at the same time yeah they offer less to the the, the uniqueness of their character I suppose in that way so but they also in order to do that they change so it's like eh, yeah it's, I mean like there, there are still like base parts of their personalities that remain the same um, of course like Nami still I guess it's, manipulative and, and sneaky and conniving like she's like when uh, they they left the sacrifice altar she was like artifacts and treasure like with berry signs in her eyes so she's still Nami but like yeah. she's not as Nami in the way that like she won't do it to, at a detriment to the crew because now she's part of the crew for real so yeah I, I get what you mean um, and I, I guess that's also part of like my, my like that alters my perception of the characters is like it depends what like they have their own base personality, so, like, that's more what I will be seeing of the character rather than, like, what their backstory... Like, I don't know, if the arc isn't focusing on them, then that's what you're going to see is that personality. So, for a character like Sanji, just as an example, uh, probably not going to end up being one of my favorite... Or at least, like, at the moment, not one of my favorite characters, just because mm-hmm. his base personality is kind of bleh for me. Like, okay. I don't know. Not to Which say is that because after Baradier, you were thinking like, "Man, Sanji's cool," and now you're just kind of like, "Eh, Sanji, okay." Um, so I just thought it was funny, but go on. Uh. So I I don't know. Like I guess it, it it all depends on like what the arcs are doing with people. Yeah, um, well, because I I've, I've definitely mentioned this before, but it's like the series obviously can't focus on every character literally all the time. So it's like, and so like like Nami, you know, she had some things in Alabast with Vivi. Um, you know, Little Garden, she was a hostage. Drum, she was sick. So it's like... But this arc's actually, like, exploring her character in, in bigger way, In the biggest way she's been... Had been explored since Arlong, pretty much. So, and it's like... And obviously characters are gonna dip in and out of focus. Like, U- Usopp... Like, Usopp... This was not Usopp's arc. Like, Chopper got character moments. Zoro got a fight where, you know, we're continuing to explore his ideas. Robin's, you know, around doing her thing. Usopp didn't really do much, but he, you know, he got he got a moment on Jaya, he got some stuff on Alabasta, a little garden, of course, was huge for him, so it's like, obviously, like, everyone's gonna dip in and out of relevance, except Luffy, who's the main character, so he's always gonna be relevant, so it's like, but, and, yeah, so, um, and, and again, it goes back to what I've talked about with, like, with, like, Bleach and Hunter Hunter, where it's like, if you enjoy one character more than others, and obviously you're gonna be less engaged when the character is less important, or even just outright gone, so, yeah. And of course, now you're talk- you're mentioning characters transforming. Which, if they take away what you liked about them, then that's also gonna uh, or weak lessen what you liked about them, and that's also gonna change. So, yeah, um, it's it's interesting with long running stories like that. Now that now that you mention that, though, I, I, maybe I'm trying to think. Did Zoro have a fight in Drum? But like for the most part, like no. Zoro is getting like a fight in each arc, which yeah, I think is and, interesting. Well, like Zor- he's been the the. Not the, not the most fighty, fightiest character. Like, obviously, Luffy gets the big battles, but Zoro like, yeah, tends Zoro to be pretty gets, prevalent as Zoro, well. Yes. Like, Little Garden, he was... He did get a little moment with connecting with uh, Dor... Or Dor... Was it Dory or... Uh, it was Brogy. And, you know, when he tried to free himself from the, the wax... 
But other than that, like, he didn't do much. And Drum, he was just kind of dicking around training, and he, he didn't do much. So, yeah, like, those two arcs, he was kind of out of focus. But, yeah, Alabasti got to fight most arcs in the East Blue. He got to fight this one. He got another fight uh, or two. So it's like, and he was there on Jaya. So it's like, yeah, he, you know, he, he but, and Zoro's in particular is of note because, like, again, with the what is a swordsman, like, he's a character who's mostly explored through fighting. So it's like, you know, a fight that Zoro doesn't get, a, an arc that Zoro doesn't get a fight probably isn't doing that much for his character. So, because, but his goal is to be a better fighter. So, I mean, what do you expect, I suppose? But yeah, it's a, it's a thing. So, going back to the story, um, so yeah, Usopp and Sanji board the Maxim. Um, <laughs> Listen, Usopp, if, if it's for Nami's life, I'm okay with, or if it's for Nami, I'm okay with sacrificing your life. <laughs> Fucking Sanji. <laughs> and then um, the Shandians are evacuating as well. Um, Luffy finds Isa, and he's ready to go back up. I like how Nami, well, oh yeah, that's another thing I liked, because it, it was moments earlier too. Because Nami, like, understands the danger of Enru more than any other character because she knows lightning, she knows weather. And then you kind of see that here when she's, like, deflecting Enru's lightning, which is only, like, uh, you know, it's a time killer for a while, was, as long as he's, like, not caring. But, um... <laughs> yeah, I just, I just thought it was interesting that, of course, like, Nami would value Enru's, or, you know, take note of his power the most because she, she uses lightning herself. So, um... And I also thought it was interesting that she was able to, like, use her weapon to deflect it at all, which, yeah. like, because, because, like, so she might not be a very strong character, but in this moment, like, she's able to, for a moment, like, you know, fend off God, because, like, she just has that knowledge, so it's, it's another instance mm-hmm. where, um, she's not getting stronger, but, like, her, she's able to do something, um... Right, I felt right. like I was going to say more there. but It's similar to, like, what the reason Luffy is able to beat Enru is is that she has, like, a, a, this little thing that's kind of an advantage against Enru. So she's able to, like, s- s- live, you know, and not get fucking wrecked by lightning. But, um, uh, she's, uh, but yeah, she's not able to actually fight him, really, at all. So, and also, I want to say about the sequence, um, Usopp has a lot of really good gags uh, in this part. Like, I, I just said that this wasn't really Usopp's arc. But then he kind of comes, and, like, I love when, like, the door opens, and Enru looks over, and he's like, I'm sorry! And he's covering up his face. And then later, one part that just Sanji's gets me Sanji's here, rolled. wait, Sanji isn't here yet? I see. <laughs> Slams the door. And hides. <laughs> and then later, the one that gets me every fucking time is when Enru attacks him, and Usopp, like, jumps out of the way, and he, like, we see him... <laughs> Like, run headfirst into the railing. Like, he jumps, he does, like, a flip in the air. Then he hits his head on the railing, and then he, like, fall, like, like, look. <laughs> just the, the way it's drawn with him being drawn just, like, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times is just, it's so stupid, and I love it. Because <laughs> he, like, backflips away from the lightning, and he tries to do a twirl midair, and then just clunk, and he's just dead. <laughs> Usopp fucking died. Uh, it's just so goofy. Oh my god. Usopp voodoo. <laughs> oh, with his, uh... <laughs> and it just Don't does think about nothing. It. You'll die. <laughs> he almost kills Nami, because I love how she's, she's like, <laughs> for one reacting, and Enri doesn't care. Oh, it's so I dumb. Thought, I thought that it was made even funnier, because, like, Enri doesn't even use his lightning powers, he just goes up and smacks him. <laughs> Oh my god. And then you get the moment I mentioned earlier with Enaru stopping uh, Usopp's hand. And then Sanji comes in, he gets uh, Usopp to safety before taking a hit, 
and then he's he Sanji's being a fucking cool boy. He's like, "Thanks for the light." Also, uh, die asshole. And then the ship just fucking like just shudders and starts to fall. And then there's like, "Ah shit!" Because see, that's like like Sanji's. This is like kind of what um I think is kind of come up for. But Sanji is very like he actually uses his brain. And so here he is. He's like, you know, direct fighting against Enderu. Um, I already got wrecked by this guy. Probably not the best move. But stopping his ship. You know, it would slow him down more than actually trying to fight him would. So it's like, yeah, Sanji. Sanji's a good, smart boy. Um, did you have anything else to say about the escape with Usopp coming to grab Sanji, and then we're getting into the climax? I guess the way Usopp and Sanji were handled in this arc was kind of interesting. That they disappear for a good. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. this arc does. There was a point where I felt like maybe this arc was too long. Like, did it need to be as long as it was? But there's actually, I realize now that there's like. A lot that happens, because, like, you, when they first get there, you have, the, you know, the crew gets separated, so Usopp and Sanji are with Luffy, mm-hmm. uh, and then another thing happens, and then Usopp and Sanji get taken out, so, like, they were in the arc, they were out of the arc, they were back in the arc, they're back out of it, like, a lot a lot of characters are moving around, doing doing things in this arc. Yeah. Um, and, well, you, did, you mentioned the length, I'm pretty sure Skypiea is longer chapter-wise than Alabasta. Not the whole saga, but the whole Alabasta arc, so it's, like, definitely f- a fair to note its length. Um, yeah. like I, again, I don't think there's, like, and there are there are parts where it's, like, eh, but it's not, like, I don't think it's, like, too long, because I'm not sure, like, where do, where, where do you make cuts? Because a lot of it is, like, important in some way in setting up pieces, and a lot of those pieces lead to ideas, so it's, like, you can't just remove stuff easily. But it is it is longer and you know so and and it's yeah it's a thing so yeah i think our reading for this time is like a little shorter than our alabasta stretch but that's yeah. we did also cover a little bit in the last right cuz i didn't want this one to be too too long cuz it is longer than alabasta so um and jaya was also short as what as it was so um yeah and I'm that's not doing like a fucking 5 hour discussion on jaya yeah. and skypea i'm sorry <laughs> yeah cuz that's um, obviously like you know, even if you like, even if you don't include Jaya, like Skype is probably longer than the Alabasta arc, like that section. Y- yes. So. Um, but if you do, then yeah, it's way more. So anyway, uh, more pieces get moved into place. Uh, everyone's evacuating. Anaru starts uh, dropping lightning. Um, you know, Usopp rescued Sanji. Luffy meets everyone else, and he's going to go up and fight Anaru. And yeah, stuff's getting happening, and we're getting into and some. Then it's well, we're doomsday. not quite getting into climax yet, but or what's up? I said, and then it's doomsday, lightning everywhere. Ah, yes. <laughs> and that's that's another one of those like good spreads because you just see this the big sky and all these lightning bolts striking down, and the sinister boy. Yep. So, but then before we get into the climax, we have one really important flashback that's actually really uh, long too like this is almost like this is this might be the longest flashback so far i think it's actually longer than choppers maybe so, it's, it's definitely close if not if it's not longer um so the my opinion kagura Kog- Kog- flashback um like my reaction to, to this flashback was sort of interesting because like when it started i was like i do not care about this why are we cutting away at that point why <laughs> but i was like it's probably important and then by the end of the flashback, I was like, "Okay, yeah, that was important. That, uh, I'm glad I read that." Uh, yeah, no. So, like, it's, I went, it's, I went, I went from uh, "God, this is annoying" to "Okay, that was important. <laughs> that was enjoyable." See, and for me, it's like this is honestly like one of the best flashbacks. Like, it's really, I thought it was really good. Like, even though it's with characters we don't fucking like 
see outside of the flashback. Like, it's just this completely, like, we know the characters, like, we know their descendants, you know, uh, Wiper and Cricket. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's these characters. And that's what's also kind of interesting, interesting, interesting about it. Yeah. Because it ends, like, tragically for these characters. Like, Kagura is doomed to a life of fighting fruitlessly. Like, you know, I don't know if they lost Chandra in his lifetime, but they did lose it. Meanwhile, Nolan gets executed as a fucking, you know, fool and a liar. And, like, that's it. That's the end of the flashback. Um, so it does get... And with the idea of inherited will, it does get end, get resolved positively with the... Uh, um, during the rest of the arc. But for these characters specifically, it's still pretty fucking sad. Yeah, so that, it that does is to, interesting. Because, like, I, I've memed in this episode a lot about characters. Like, oh, they're dead. Oh, they're not. Um, <laughs> these guys like, are so dead. So <laughs> Oda... It's not that Oda can't tell like tragic stories um because like yeah. this is a tragic story um which you know it, it is interesting within the narrative of one piece which is a very optimistic thing um and obviously like you said it does get resolved with the whole inherited will stuff mm-hmm. but it's i don't know it's hmm and it's also kind of like just like the like the whole like the, like the start of the arc is just so like people are just fucking dying left and right because of a fucking plague. Their solution is blood sacrifice. Like it's it's off to a really dark start, <laughs> all things considered. Um, oh yeah, um, you know. Well, I mean, not quite. That's not not the very start because first we see Kalgara fending off foreigners, and then we get Nolan. Like nolan's introduction i think is really interesting because like here's this character like well later on we see him cutting off the head of the snake so he's actually like stronger than like zoro at this point like maybe in luffy so he's like he's like this really strong guy but the rest of his crew is like east blue civilian tier like they're like oh god the grand line it's so awful we have no fucking clue what we're doing and yet nolan's like this natural born badass sailor who's just like chill the whole fucking time and it's like this really interesting contrast and and there's also um a point later where they they, he's like we got permission from marijoa to go which is the capital of the world uh to go into the grand line so it's like it's interesting to see how sailing is like different from how it is now like less people travel and because less people are capable of it so it's like 400 years ago it's just like yeah of course that makes sense it was 400 years ago so it's it's pretty cool did you have anything to say about the setup to the flashback, or can we get into the actual uh, stuff? Let's go. Yeah, so yeah, like I said, blood sacrifices. Um, we get introduced to all these characters, like Seto, the Shandian kid, um, the, the sacrifice who's Kagura's daughter. Um, I forget her name, because it probably doesn't matter. <laughs> and yeah, everyone's just catching plague. Nolan comes on, and he's like, hey, what's going on the island? Cool. Then they recognize the symptoms, and then they Nolan stops the sacrifice, and um, yeah. Did you have any thoughts about this earlier part, or shall I keep describing things? Because yeah, I'd, it, I'd it, say yeah, I'd say keep going because this, like I said, I was sort of not interested gotcha. in it at first. Yeah, because I was definitely like I like it it, it. it touches on some interesting ideas, I think, um, and some very core ideas to the whole arc, really. But um. But yeah, you know, Nolan disapproves of the sacrifice, sacrificial ceremony because it's senseless, and it is like they're they're not they just think it's going to do something, but it's not. Um, and you know, Nolan says that he'll be able to cure their the plague um, with and with his crew as hostage. Um, you know, he goes out to the forest. Um, I like the conversation with the chief where like he's like, I'm not, I can't hear the voices of God, but I can hear the voices of the words of a wise man. And yeah. So, <laughs> 
but he finds the uh, um, the tree bark makes the medicine or makes gets what he needs for the medicine. But then as he's heading back, um, there's an earthquake, which I for some reason I only just realized was was it was it's the knock up stream hitting the bottom of the island, um, and slowly breaking it off. Because as we see it, it does fully break off later. Um, I should I should it's, I I mean it's not like I was like wondering why is this a random earthquake. But um, it actually kind of goes back to what Bellamy was saying of all characters, where it's like, there's a scientific explanation for everything. Like, Bellamy's, like, attitude is a response to this idea of blind tradition, but his response isn't ideal either, because it's also destructive in a different way. Where it's like, Bellamy just destroys everything that he doesn't care about, where tradition is, like, upholding this thing that should be recontextualized. Because that's what I also like about this flashback, because it, 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 the, the idea it takes on tradition, and also the rest of the arc, too, is uh, also in line with my personal feelings on tradition, but I'll talk about that later. But yeah, uh, so Nolan's stuck in the earth, and, you know, the village is dying, and we get a, we get a I don't know, we get a g- good conversation between the two, where I like how Nolan's like, um, you know, he's like, what is it? Is this a divine judgment, or, it, like, what, this god couldn't, couldn't even kill me? Like, he's just trapped. And Nolan does eventually convince Kagura as the snake attacks that, um, like, he for- he forces Kagura to act, basically, because he can save the village, but, um, he, uh, not alone, apparently, because he's stuck, so. Did you have anything to say? Or, like, when, when, were, I... when were you starting to get invested? By, by now or a little later? Well, I, I don't know, but or... by now I might have been getting okay, because there are some pretty, there, there are moments I like, like, there's, um, the page where he he kills the snake and he's like, "Tell me, what did I just kill?" And he's like, "A snake." <laughs> he's like, "No, I killed a god." <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, well, because well, and uh, there was a line that he that, that Nolan said here. He's like, where he's like, you know, um, you know, your ritual is a slap in the faces of progress, you know. And then he also says like, "Are you that afraid of the gods?" And I thought about Enru's line about how like, you know, the people don't fear God fear is god and that's that's literally what this and that's kind of what what and enru's right because what happens is like when you know noland you know he the the um his fear of losing the village you know exceeded his fear of the the god the snake and you know causality the random things like the earthquake kagura kills the snake he exceeds god like once he loses the fear there is no god which is interesting and that which is all you can also say is true of luffy in a sense because he doesn't give a shit so once he has no fear of god so he just deletes god by punching him in the face so um i thought thought that was an interesting connection um when i realized i noticed the fear of god because yeah that's kind of what happens like there's no more fear so there's no more god um uh, i killed god i did it um but yeah so um Kagura kills a snake. Uh, the antidote gets made. I love this. I love the page with just like the sacrificial altar, like completely empty, the wood unburned, because it's like it's showing you that everything's fixed before we even see everyone again. Um, yeah, so showing what it looked like before it got you know destroyed and uh, uh, abandoned. Yes. And um, yep, and everything's cool now. And of course, the the snake thing, like they see the 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 snake that was eating uh, that ate Luffy, uh, four hundred years from now, and they're just like, it's a snake. <laughs> they just start laughing, like. Uh, and I love, I like the observation that like Kagura has never made a friend with anyone, a Shandian, but he he does make friend with Noland, and which that kind of, that's important for a uh, bit with Wiper that I'll mention later. Um, Foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
then Nolan, they find the, I love this spread of the city of gold and all its splendor. Like when I reread it, I got chills. Like it's just something about it. Just the bell. It, it was really cool looking. And it's also really interesting to see this next to the, uh, um, the earlier spread with Robin finding it, um, and see it in ruin. Um, it's cool. So yeah, they see the Poneglyph. Nolan's t- learning about this village. Oh yeah, and here's the panel with Nolan introducing the pumpkin to the Shandians. <laughs> Look at Conqueror's face. He's just like, huh, pumpkin. <laughs> like something about the way he's grabbing his chin made me laugh just now. <laughs> um, cause he's such a serious, like he's so like serious normally. And he's just like, huh, look at that. And just a fun montage of all the, you know, just again, the, cr- the exchanges of, of cultures of, you know, exploring and adventure and just like, ah, <laughs> Nolan's cool. And then suddenly there's been a change. Uh, the Shandians suddenly hate Noland. Um, why is that? is like, I'll fucking kill him. <laughs> um, then they decide to finish their job and they'll move on. Um, the one village girl then d- eventually comes to tell the, uh, Nolan's crew what happened. They, they cut down these super special an- ancestor trees that, well, cause they, like, they noticed the bell stopped ringing cause the bell was supposed to bring the spirits back so that they could find the trees and rest in the trees. Um, but then, as we find out from Nolan's crew, is that the trees were diseased and dead, and that was the cause of the plague, which is why they cut them down. But then um, Nolan still doesn't ask for forgiveness, even though they explain it. But she goes back to the village to explain it, and they... Uh, and then, as they're sailing away, the bell's ringing, and uh, my yeah, that, eyes that get whole... watery. <laughs> <laughs> that, that whole part I like... Um... Yeah, especially the part where Nolan says, you know, even if even if I did what I thought was right, um, I still should like. There's no reason for them to forgive us because you know, like we didn't talk to them beforehand about it. Like we we just acted. Um, so right, like, right. It, you know, like it, it, just... it showed that like he still he doesn't completely reject their traditions, even if he feel like he feels like he did the right thing. Um, so, like, he doesn't expect right, like, forgiveness well, for Because, like, the thing with the trees is they weren't, like, they were dangerous, and if he, like, stopped and explained it, it would have been fine, but they weren't, like, literally, like, the trees weren't killing people immediately, but, like, with the, with the human sacrifice, someone was about to die, and he wasn't about to let someone die in front of him. Like, there's a difference, and yeah, he, you're right, he could have stopped and, like, hey, uh, these trees are deadly, we should probably cut them down, but, um... He just he just assumed the villagers didn't know anything, um, so you know, it, and it was you know he just jumped the gun a bit, and it, that was wrong. And so, but it, uh, yeah, it, like they were fine with it in the end, of course, but uh, it, it definitely was a little awkward. <laughs> and then, um, so yeah, but uh, but what I like also like about this moment is like the well, because like what I mentioned, I mentioned tradition earlier, and I'm going to talk about that now. Because the thing with tradition is, like, a lot of traditions, like, make sense. Like, the example I use in my video is the idea of, like, funerals and bury- basically the idea of burying the dead. Dead, they rot and create a lot of diseases. So burying them makes sense because it gets, it, it, it makes them less dangerous. Like, you can't just leave a body on the ground. So that, that, that like, necessity becomes a, a tradition of funerals, of remembrance, of, you know, re- respecting the dead. So it's like, this is a tradition that actually, like, makes sense to continue even regardless of whatever religious, um, you know, because like, like, I've heard that they're, they're, um, they're, we've seen they're, in the past, they've dug up bodies with jewelry even from, like, before civilization. So, like, there's always been superstitions around the dead. And so, you know, it's a tradition that makes sense even in now. So what you have here with the bell is a tradition changing. You know, at first it was to bring the souls of the dead back to their trees. 
They lost that tradition. It doesn't matter anymore. Now it, it, the bell is to bring, you know, it's there for Noland, and then later again it gets re- recontextualized again. Because that's the thing with tradition, is if you hold on to a tradition too tightly, like, you know, human sacrifices, it becomes senseless. You know, there's no reason for it. And, you know, I, I, I personally agree with that. I think traditions should be re- reevaluated and recontextualized, like if you're going to continue them. You know, like a lot of holidays are just there for marketing, so uh, who cares about Valentine's Day? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I went there. It's a bad tradition because it's just there to sell gift cards and flowers. Like, you could appreciate your family any day. And, you know, if some people take a lot from that, then great. Uh, apparently, there's also a lot of suicides and breakups on Valentine's Day, so uh, maybe not. Uh, <laughs> wow, that got dark. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's, I thought it was an interesting idea that I, uh, and that's, well, that's because that's the whole thing with the arc too, tradition, faith uh, versus progress and doubt, you know, so, and it's, it's good. It's cool. And this moment's really good. So yeah, um, anyway, Nolan goes home and, uh, you know, his, his fantastic stories are, you know, we know, we know the grand line. They're, they're, they're totally within the bounds of reality. Um, and, uh, but the king is greedy, he wants the gold of El Dorado, and he organizes an adventure with only Noland. Uh, like, see, it's like, like, it's interesting to look back at the, that fairy tale story, now recontextualized with, like, the actual reality, because, like, it was like, oh yeah, 1900 people died on that fairy tale story, but now we see it's like, oh, it's because the king is an incompetent idiot. Like, Nolan's one crew made it there and back just fine, because they're trans sailors. Uh, the king goes with a bunch of soldiers, and everyone dies because no one fucking knew what they were doing. Like, of course. Um, like, so... And then, of and course, then, they like, get to the island, and it's gone. And then there's also the part about the testimony. Like, oh, he was a liar. Well, that's because it's someone who wasn't even on the crew. It's just some random nobody. <sighs> yeah, right. Um... And then his crew, and so basically, like, the truth got, you know, censored, and Nolan was executed a liar, even though, and to his dying breath, he was trying to say that the, it, it was there, but it wasn't, and because it got knocked into the sky, and we see the flashback, we see the the house separating the cliff, right, as the island gets knocked up into the, the sky, and it lands on a, on Giant Jack, the beanstalk, um, the bell gets knocked to God knows where, the sky skylanders here. God's like, hey, that must be for us. I'm God. I want that. And uh, 400 years of war. Nice going, you fat fuck. <laughs> I see you there with your cigar, like your hot shit, bitch. <laughs> and yeah, th- that asshole started a lot of shit. And so yeah, that's that's basically where it ends. Uh, Nolan's executed. Kagura's, you know, fighting for the rest of his life, however long that is. And 400 years later, they're all dead. Um, so yeah, final thoughts on the Nolan Kagura flashback. Pretty good. I agree. It it Very had a point. Of it, it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> <There> was... bad. <laughs> oh yeah, and I'm just noticing here in the volume inserts, I didn't notice them, but uh, Pandaman was there 400 years ago. Good to know. <laughs> Because there's a volume insert after that flashback of Pandaman in a crowd. I'm assuming that crowd's on Nolan's crew. <laughs> Well, yeah, there, there's one platform, there's one so. spot where he, um, where Oda like recreates the little fantasy panel that he made way back with oh. like the the Nolan uh, picture book was- or whatever, and he recreates <laughs> it with like actual Nolan and like act- there's Panda Man still there. I didn't notice that. That's really good because of course you noticed because you took special note of that panel. You're right. He is there 400 years ago. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> 
So it's not just that Panda Man was there in the fictional tale. He was really there. <laughs> it wasn't just this, uh, a fantasy. It was Panda Man is real. He's real in your hearts. He is omnipresent. <laughs> so yeah, um, so yeah, the flashback, of course, was being told to a younger wiper. You know, he was being told. You know, so and you know the important thing there that's uh, is that like the reason that like Hogger wanted the bell back because it's reclaiming his tradition, but it's also the, you know his his uh, history. But it's also there because to ring the bell is to connect, you know, two friends from these two different worlds. And, you know, even like Wiper is even asking him, like, if we ring the bell, will it reach Nolan's Noland? And uh, like the fucking chief's about to fucking cry. But then, you know, Wiper's sort of like what he kind of realizes is thinking about that now is that like because he's been cutting off the Blue Sea and basically everyone. He's just like Chandra, Chandra, Chandra. Like they need to do it. But then, like, the whole point of the bell is a connection between two worlds, and he's been ignoring that. So it's like, and that's sort of the the, bit, the change, is he uh, he eventually just bring, brings down Giant Jack to help the Blue Sea Dwellers ring the bell for Nolan's sake. He's no longer doing it for, you know, him, his ancestors, his country. He's doing it just because it needs to be done, you know, for the reasons that his ancestors wanted to do it, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's and you good, also know good. what I realized, that flashback, that giant flashback was told within a flashback, and within that flashback <laughs> were flashbacks, so there were flashbacks within a flashback within a flashback. Oda, stop! We need to go deeper! <laughs> How many layers of flashback deep can you get? But what if this whole story is like like the whole what My Hero Academia is doing or something, where it's like all being narrated by a character, so what if like all of One Piece is being told by a later uh... Luffy, so it's all a flashback... <laughs> dear lord what have we done we open a singularity a flashback singularity or what if we could take this further what if it's a character like passing down the legacy of luffy so that the story luffy told to someone so it's flashback but then a flag i'll stop now (laughs) i was gonna say the same thing it's okay mathis oh god um it could happen though so yeah, we are back to the present. Enaru is ruining everything because he's an asshole. Um, no, seriously though, Panda Man is everywhere, so Panda Man could be recalling the tale. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, Panda Man was the protagonist all along. So yeah, Luffy's still chasing after Enaru. Then Nami's chasing after Luffy, and Enaru just fucking destroys Angel Beach or Angel Island. Um, just because he can. Like, that's the thing. Like, in case you were doubting me when I said Enru is, like, way stronger than anyone here, technically even Luffy, he just destroyed a whole island. Like, Crocodile's claim to fame is, like, drying up a courtyard and using a giant bomb just to destroy, like, a, you know, part of a city. Enru just destroyed a fucking island. Like, it was, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> Mihawk can cut um, a ship Mi- in half, but can he cut an island in half? Yeah, like, if he can, we certainly... Like, this is actually... Now that you mentioned that, like, this is the strongest display of power we've seen in this series, even above Mihawk. Like, he... That's notable. I I never thought about that. Like, he just surpassed Mihawk as far as, like, what we've seen. Like, again, I wouldn't say he's stronger than Mihawk, because, again, now now we're talking, like, the greatest swordsman in the world. But, like, as far as, like, feats... go in the series thus far yeah and Aru's the strongest character we've seen do things so yeah so that's definitely pretty notable but yeah Luffy and Nami meet and they decide and like Luffy now that he knows about the you know where the bell is like he's decided like every, every like Aru said everything's focused on the bell um so he wants to 
um, to ring it. So for you know, old man cricket and the monkeys. So he's got him. He's now he's got a goal. And yeah, so they in order to get to Enru though, they need to um, cut down, have the beanstalk cut down. And I guess I already kind of talked about the like the big character moment that comes with that with Wiper. So. Oh, there's a gag with Usopp where he's uh, using exploding stars, and as always, he slips a rubber band in there. Yeah, <laughs> it's just Usopp. A continual running gag. But yeah, so Wiper brings down the beanstalk. Uh, Luffy and Nami are heading up. They make the jump. Oh yeah, and there's a bit about um, the... Uh, well, because like, Enru pretty easily defeated the... Uh, destroyed angel island because it's clouds but the earth is stronger that was a neat little because i mean it's you know it's earth it's meant to take lightning so well and this also makes gonfor realize just how like important it is because it's like you know if he had any doubts before it's like of course we have no right to claim ownership of this this is it's it's special so um which of course leads to the ending where both where everyone lives on the upper yard now so um yeah although because it is the land and because eniru can't actually destroy the earth and maybe he hasn't really you know achieved the feat of cutting an island in half so maybe he as far as the power scaling is concerned maybe he's not actually <laughs> as strong as <laughs> well me to be fair mihawk hasn't actually cut an island could he maybe uh we'll find out one day i don't know maybe if mihawk does something <laughs> um but yeah so um luffy destroys the cloud the the um because, because he's he got the golden ball on... and it conducts the electricity, and because he's but... rubber, it doesn't kill him. Right. That, it's, that's the best part. Of it. It's like completely on accident because, like, because um, Enru gave like there's something karmic about it too. Because Enru gave him the gold ball with which Luffy just destroyed the cloud. <laughs> so nice fucking going, Enru. You dipshit. And so, what did you think about the final fight? The final part of the fight? Because like, um, I think it's interesting because Nami's helping. That's pretty unusual. Yeah, this would be, like, I'd be interested to see how this is animated, because, like, there's the thing of, like, Luffy jumping, and then the attack, and then Luffy, like, jumps off the spear, and then, like, shoots the the ball thing, so I'm like, how... Well, he, he, like, falls down and, like, grabs a cloud, and that sends him back into the ball, too, or back down to Route 2. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, that happens. So, but, yeah, I mean, I also remember they didn't give it music... And they kind of stretch parts of it out, so I remember it not being as satisfying. Because in the anime with Crocodile, they actually play, like, fucking uh, Dvorak's Fourth Symphony from the New World. So they play a classical music as Luffy finishes off Crocodile. So it's really cool. Um, but in this one, I, 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 they use silence because it makes the bell stand out a bit more. Yeah. But at the same time, like, there was maybe a bit too much silence from my memory. Maybe it's okay rewatching it. I don't know. Because um, it was definitely a bit drawn out. I remember feeling it was a bit drawn out at the time. Um so, I don't know how I feel about it now, though. I just read the manga. Fuck it. Manga's great. But, like, the moment of Luffy ringing the bell is so cathartic, because not only is he beating Eneru, but he's also, like, you know, capping off, like, 400 years of fucking, you know, build-up, and, you know, he's ringing the bell, he's sounding out to Nolan, you know, and then it, the next chapter we see... We see Nolan on uh, Cricket on the ground, and they're talking about how, like, now they have definitive proof of the Sky Island because of the, sh- the ch- shadows, the giant monsters that you were wondering about. Turn out they're they're they're, sh- they're it's just shadows of the Sky People, um, and so now they have definitive proof that Nolan wasn't a liar because now the gold the gold bell has been rung. There's they have shadows, and there's the big fucking page with Luffy's shadow, and yes, uh, like so- this this moment has like. 
it's like such a huge payoff through like the the paneling because you get like the page of Luffy doing the attack and striking down uh, Eniru, and then you get the big panel of like this is all built all the build up like the, the people and all the history and whatnot, and then the actual hitting of the bell, and then the big sky panel, and then you get the one with Luffy's reflection and ah. Yeah, it's like this whole like and the whole Sky Island like we're just like ignored by the Blue Sea Like they don't exist, but that's the bell like is like we're fucking here. So it's like so uh, it's so good. And then just like again the wait from like Wiper and, and Cricket and their histories that with Nolan and Cogger. Uh, it's so it, it's really fucking good. <laughs> well, also um, oh that's right I wrote down because um, so in one punch Luffy not only beat Enaru and put a closure on four hundred years of mystery. But he also beat Bellamy again, because Bellamy was like, there is no Skyland, and Luffy just, like, proved that there was. <laughs> so so he beat Bellamy in two punches, this one ideologically, and last one just physically. <laughs> so, uh, rest in peace, motherfucker. He didn't Get even wrecked. punch Bellamy and he beat him with a punch. <laughs> How'd that even happen? <laughs> um. <laughs> no, I really like this this spread of you know the the, the two page spread of well I mean there are the reactions as well but Luffy in the sky in the pose it's ah that's so good <laughs> and plus it oh, calls yeah, back to the thing earlier the question I asked in the previous episode yes. like what are these reflection these giant monster shadow things well they're sky people it's the reflections yes well i was i was wondering if you were going to piece that together rereading because we get introduced to to winged people i don't know if we saw a lot of shandians with their spears but i was wondering because that's what who they they, who they would have been shandians with their spears and wings Um, the answer is no i did not piece that together until it was spelled out in my face no, it's fine. I, I again, I don't know when I would have con- connected that myself. I just know because I've gone through the series so many times. Um, uh, but yeah, it's so, uh, it's, it's so cathartic. Like this is why Skyfi is still really great, even though there are slow parts because the the climax is and the ending is just so fucking good. Like I can't. <laughs> it's just so good. Oh, now there's man. one part about this ending that kind of confuses me. Maybe I'm just What's not that? understanding it properly, but there's the little shot of Eniru going down with the ship. He sinks into the clouds, and he's a Devil Fruit user, so that would mean that he drowns. But we see him later. I'm see. I'm wondering if like this. Yeah, that, the ship goes down, but then it comes back up somehow. Yeah, that kind of just happens off screen, and you're just kind of supposed to go with it, I guess. I don't. Yeah. No, I agree. Um... <laughs> Well, cause like, well, cause like my, uh, well, cause that's the thing is he's not, he's following through the white, white sea. So I guess on the oh, white like he, sea above, cause there's, oh, a, there's so like, like, like he fell seas. through cause it's not like it's a like, bottomless. Sea. Right, right, right. Like, well, cause like it, that, as we find out, like everyone just fell through the white, white sea and landed in the white sea, um, below. So, and I guess Maxim just regained, you know, he, he, it's regained or it's stability on, in that area. And then he was able to not die. So, um, yeah. Just I guess I, I can accept that. I guess that's fine. And I guess we can get on that now, because, like, everyone's, like, recovering, you know, pulling up their shorts, and uh, then, you know, the Straw Hats are talking, and Conus is remembering his dad, who sacrificed himself to protect her, and he's there. <laughs> it's a dumb gag. See, yeah, <laughs> I, I, like, um, I like how he just appears, but then at yeah, the same no. time, I'm like, he's 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 alive. Um, Basically. Why, why, why the big dramatic sacrifice if he... Yeah. I mean, like, in that moment's defense, like, yeah, it was definitely, like, she... And she did, she's mentioning his death right here, um, 
but like it, it like okay, like compare that to Pell, it's nowhere nearly as dramatic, no, but it is still no. like huh. um so that's, it's like that's the thing with like, like Skypea is I have like there are a lot of moments that are like really dramatic, like, oh this character got electrocuted and it's the show of force by Eniru and it's set up to the wiper thing, but then like he's he's alive and like I don't know, like none of it really has like it, these are more like um whichever one of the giants it was that died, where it's like, okay, um, this isn't a super major character, so their their death or lack thereof doesn't really bother me on, like, a narrative level, because, um, like, it doesn't change how I feel about their characters, but then at the same time, mm-hmm. there are so many... I feel like there are so many instances in this arc in particular where... And granted, a lot of it can be explained away by falling through to the White Sea, which is fine. Yeah, um, like, they explain it, and it's, like, not that bad. But, uh, go ahead. But, like, this is, like, in this arc, you have this one character, like, destroying entire, like, islands. And, like, there are so many instances of, like, people getting, you know, shot down. And it's like, oh, they're, well, not literally shot, but you know what I mean. So, I don't know, like, I am simultaneously, like, not super offended that everybody lived. Because, like, I kind of expected it because, you know, this is (laughs) One Piece. Yeah. Um, But then at the same time, I I also feel, like, a, a little cheated... I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, see, well, because, like, hmm, see, it's weird, because, like, I already know, so I, like, there's no emotions for me to invest, because it is kind of cheap. He's inv- asking you to invest these emotions, and just then just not, he's not following through on that. Like, so, I guess, like, I mean, you could say that, like, uh, you know, it takes away from Eneru's godliness, because he didn't do anything. You know, he's, like, he didn't, like, kill all these people, even though he was trying so hard. So, I, I guess, uh, is that satisfying enough? Because that's the other thing, is, like, it doesn't quite matter, like... Like it, it, I mean, because like his attack it, still has an effect on like the the environment, because like that land is yeah. gone, like it fell through the sea, like there's nothing right. there. So like they do, and it that does leads change to something they important to... as they ha- as now that the two the two the the Sky Islanders and the Shandians now have to you know unite on that land and you know come up, get over their past differences. You know, and that's what I mentioned earlier is how like the the conflict of the land was 400 years ago. It's technically nobody's like every everyone has lived. Like, the Shandians have never lived on that land, while some of the Sky people actually did, so it doesn't really, like, it doesn't, you know, you could argue that, you know, well, I guess it goes, again, it goes into weird colonialism things, but, like, yeah, so it's like, you know, but they both, and and they both are able to coexist on it, so, yeah, because they both do need it, they don't have anywhere else now, but back to the character thing, it's like, yeah, it's definitely not satisfying, like, I personally never cared in the first place because they're such minor characters. Yeah. But, uh, so, but I absolutely understand someone feeling it's cheap and cause it does take away from Enaru a bit. And maybe that's the point. Maybe it's, you know, maybe, but, or maybe that, but maybe that doesn't work for the series. So, um, so yeah, I don't, it's, I'm not going to like, it's not like with, with, with Pell where it's like, I think it actively works against the themes of the arc this kind of doesn't as much because if, like, again, if if there's any like idea of the arc it's in conflict with, it actually adds to Enaru not being a god because he's not that. You know, it takes away from that. But then, like, at the same time, it is unsatisfying, and I can definitely understand why it might be that way to some. So, um, yeah. So I, I, I personally don't mind. I mean, because like, the, like the, I said before, there is also the flashback, which shows like the uh, Nolan flashback, which does show that Oda can tell tragic stories. So I don't know. Right, and I guess there's also the tone thing. Like, did he? Did he, well, because like with Brogy and Dory, it's like if if that if Dory actually died, I think that would be a negative for the ideas of the arc. 
you know, with Pell, him being alive is a negative for the themes of the arc. Um, so it's like you have an instance where a character should have lived and a character where an, an instance where a character shouldn't have lived. But here, it, like, it kind of, like, I don't think it really adds enough. Yeah, really? I don't feel like, like yeah, it, it does a from... whole lot to change, like, the meaning of the arc. Yeah. Like, whether these like, characters kind of, live or it, die. It kind of, it, right, it kind of doesn't matter. So I can, and in that way, it might even become more unsatisfying. So I, I, I'd, I'd play, plant this in the middle, uh, like, maybe maybe leaning towards Pell a bit. Because, again, I, I don't care. I don't think it's as bad as Pell at all. Because uh, Pell's, like, like the worst thing in One Piece. Pell being alive is, like, the most frustrating thing about the entire series for me. Um, but, like, you know, but again, it's it's not like Dory where it's like, yeah, he can't, he didn't die. But, like, it also makes sense within the rules of the world because of the dull weapons. And it'll, also him being dead would take away from the ideas of the arc. Which I don't think is the case here. It's not that... And meaningful that these characters are alive. Like again, there's kind of a thing with Enaru, but it's not not major. So yeah, it's not not great. Is my 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 what, how I'd finish off. I guess um, it's the, not, I guess um, for me, the, like the word is still out on how I feel about how Oda handles death. I guess I'll have to wait it's very and see mixed. if like yes. if a character like if a major character actually does die, like maybe that will change my opinion overall. Like on whether or not mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I'll definitely how give I my thoughts like eventually because because it, 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 it's interesting to talk about like One Piece in that vein because it's like it's so mixed because there are, like there's things that, like with Pell where I think it's legitimately bad but then there's things I do like with the flashbacks you know sure he introduces characters to kill them off but it's always for like Belmare Hero Luck these are some of the most emotional moments in the series for some people and they they resonate you know so it's like it's not like he can't kill characters you know somehow my audio disappeared here for a moment. Yes, that, which is well, that was like a running joke for One Piece for so long. Like nobody dies in One Piece except in flashbacks, because you had stuff like this and Pell, especially was the is the, the the one people should be frustrated about, especially like and like I guess I, one of the reasons I don't mind this as much is because Pagia just showing up again is kind of funny, but like is that enough? Probably not. But it's 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 one of the reasons I'm not frustrated by this as much as with Pell, even though it's not also not great. So. Anyway, um, so yeah, Enaru, he's beaten, but he's still, you know, a, a capable, like, his ship still works, and he's like, hey, I'm going to the fucking Endless Farce, which is the moon. <laughs> he goes to the moon. <laughs> the end. Enaru went to the moon. That's where the real One Piece is. Oh, shit, wait, did I just spoil everything? I don't know. Oh, God, if One Piece actually goes to space, I'm gonna fucking shoot myself. <laughs> One Piece in space! Oh, dear God. There's a sea in space. It's like, like there were the Milky Dials. There's the, the Milky Way. That's that's there. You go. You just, One piece there in it space. Is. It can happen. There's a sea in the, the outer space. Yep. Um. So moving on, you get another moment where it's uh, another cathartic moment where it's like you know Wiper wakes up and he's like, oh shit, what's going on? Um. And. Um, the, 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 you know, Gunfarn and the chief are like, yeah, no one wants to fight. Like, everyone's just partying. You know, they all, you know, dealt with this, unified against this conflict. The conflict's over. And, yeah, like, even the fucking snake is dancing. <laughs> um, you got, it's, it's cool. It's just, the, the, the parties are always fun. <laughs> and I'm also like, like, and look at just looking at some of these panels, and you got, like, Zoro and Braham, like, even though they were just fighting, like, a few hours ago, now they're like, they're bros. So, yeah, um, any final thoughts on the climax of Skypea before we go into the last of the wind down? Because there's a couple more things to talk about. 
I can't believe that this is the end of the story. I mean, chapter 302 is titled Finale. I, I can't believe One Piece ended here, and the whole time Oda's been writing the sequel on E-Piece. Nobody told me this. It's the secret that nobody has ever told anyone, the secret of One Piece. Yes, the One Piece Nen show is now over. We are now now starting uh, N-E-Piece, um, the, uh, the sequel series. Uh, no, you actually just reminded me, because um, Shonen Jump... When they were, when they still had like a physical magazine, English fi- uh, Shonen Jump, I should specify, um, that existed. <laughs> they actually, when I re- when they got to Alabasta, they actually reverted the chapters, so so it would be like Alabasta chapter one, Alabasta chapter fifty or whatever, because because uh. I, I guess the reason was that they feared that the the chapter count was too much of an off putting for people, like people weren't actually reading the magazine for One Piece unless they already were. So it's like they reverted the chapters to try and get more people to read One Piece, I guess. Oh, no. Um. Oh, no. That Like, that's... Oh, that'd be even more infuriating than, like, the Dragon Ball Dragon Ball Z split, <laughs> where it's like, here's Dragon Ball chapter 200 and something, but no, it's actually Dragon Ball Z chapter 7. Blah! So, yeah, moving on. The party was over. Everyone had a blast. Everything's cool. Um... Then they wake up in the morning and Luffy's like, we're going to steal the gold and run because Luffy is actually a criminal. He was a, he was a devious criminal the whole time. Like, and that's actually like kind of notable because he's actually like planning on stealing from people. But then <laughs> I think it's funny how it gets resolved. Um, did you have a thought on that or shall we skip to Robin? Because she's got some other, some more important business. Um, well, well, no, because like they're, they're pirates. So, yeah. you know, it makes sense. Yeah, but um, what's funny about it is that, like, he doesn't actually steal the gold from anywhere except... He steals it from the snake. (laughs) It was gold that basically didn't exist to the sky people anyway, because it was in the belly of a snake. And Luffy just steals it. So he's not even doing anything criminal. (laughs) Like, he's stealing gold that technically belongs to them, but he's stealing it from a place no one else would go into... And then, like, when they come back with the the giant pillar of gold, they're like, run away! Like, I think it's funny that, like, Luffy's actually doing a crime here, but it's, like, it's presented in a way that almost decriminalizes it. Which is, because, again, he's the main character, so he has to be likable. Like, he can't actually do anything bad. Um... So I, 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 I just always thought that was funny how it's like, and of course, of course, of course there's, and the, the joke is that, like, they were going to give them more gold. They were going to give them yeah. this giant golden, solid golden pillar that would have made them rich. Um, like, that's like, the, the amount of gold there is fucking insane. And they just run away because they, they're like, they think it's like a cannon and it's so stupid. Well, yeah, because uh, I thought it was sort of like Usopp sort of, uh, explains it as well. You know, it seemed like they kind of had like this whole like reputation as pirates thing, where it's like we got to do this thing. And Luffy, or not Luffy, Usopp is like, you know, I ask you, is there any way these proud pirates who've risked their lives to come all the way to the Sky Island are just gonna leave empty-handed? And of they course. just you know, run. <laughs> so like, their pride is pirates or but, something, right? Not like they could really transport the gold back, the giant gold pillar back anyway. But <laughs> it's still pretty good. And then um. But bef- and then the before that, in between that, rather, Robin um, finally reads the poneglyph that's on the bell and learns about another ancient weapon. And she's just like, "Fuck, I don't want to know about the ancient weapons." Uh, she wants to know about the real, the true history. Um, and then they point out another set of carvings in the same language as the poneglyph, talking about, or uh, it's a message by Gold Roger. So, in other words, he or he or someone near him 
was able to like translate and write in this ancient language as well. And that's like if you weren't like, uh, oh yeah, the Straw Hats are you know like Robin's the only one who cares about the actual story. <laughs> like there it is, there she is making connection with Roger. Like she's following the same path, sort of, because he even says like I guide this document to its end, whatever that means. So, did you have any comments on this? Or I had one more thing to say, but uh, if you wanted to weigh in, um... no, that that was again like me feeling like Robin was one of the more focal characters of this arc. Like this is the, the, the payoff to like, you know, she's here looking for stuff. The pirate King. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, though I also like, well, cause to go back to the, the tradition element, because they had this tradition of, you know, protecting the bell, protecting the poneglyph, which again, it has like actual, like, you know, merit of protecting their, their home. But then here they are because they kept that tradition, like, you know, like the, the, the sacrificial human, like that was a tradition that needed to be thrown away because it was trash. But here's a tradition that, that was, you know, the, the document was guided to its end. This is probably going to lead to something else because they followed that tradition. You know, they, because they yeah, valued yeah. the bell so much, it became notable and Robin was able to find it. So, you know, it's, it's important. Um, so yeah, just a, a, another addition to that idea. Um, cause, cause again, there is no extreme. It's not saying tradition is bad or faith is bad. It's saying it's, it, it's something in the middle. Cause again, it's, it's very, it, it's, it's what, you know, it's very Eastern in that way. So, um, so yeah, moving on, um, you know, everyone's also, like, Mon monkey up? D Luffy D oh, the letter of his name. <laughs> that can't be a coincidence. I wonder what that means. Gun, yep. Gun, Cause Gonfor knows Roger too. <laughs> Gold D Roger. Cause that's, that's, yeah, that's the thing. He went by Gold D Roger. Um, so it's, it was only the bounty posters that said gold Rogers. So, uh, yeah. I wonder why the, uh, the D, uh, it comes, keeps going up the characters. Uh, they know things. Uh, so yeah, but um, the fighting is over. The Shandarins are, you know, they're 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 not going to let the light be extinguished again. They decide the they decide to name everyone's like fine with Gonfar being God. God, I like how he's just like, ah, I just want to fucking tend to my pumpkin patch. Like he doesn't want to deal with this shit, but now he's God now. Um, so yeah, but everything's cool. I also like when when they are running away. There's like the little cutaway to Robin, and she's just got that. I don't know. Just having fun with the crew. It's good. Yeah, she's she's smiling now. She's she's having so much fun with these fucking losers. <laughs> but yeah, so um, Konus and Pagia help them help these these thieving monsters escape, um, and they drop off a cliff. They die. He ends, and he does the eye popping out thing again. Um, Only with everyone this time. Yeah. Well, except Robin and. Well, because like going back to like what I was saying about Enru about how like he he never really had a goofy expression until that one big page, and Robin's been the same way. Like, um, so um, I just wanted to make that because she's not hmm. she, you don't see her yeah, with her eyes true. out. Um, she's she's not there to make that goofy expression. Like she's definitely on the ship. They didn't leave her in the sky. <laughs> that would be horrible. But she's deliberately oh the, avoided. The, the, when the eyes even pop out of the ship. Yes, the poor. I didn't going, notice that. Mary has his eyes pop out. The poor thing. He wasn't ready for that. But Robin doesn't. Um, so yeah. Um, but yeah, they they get rescued by a balloon octopus, and the bell is rung. You know, um, the tradition has changed once again because now they, you know, Nolan already found it. But you know, they're gonna keep they're they're gonna keep ringing it to you know that the Sky Island is there. You know, it sort of as memory of like the whole conflict with Luffy trying to find it. You know, so now further more explorers can find it more. You know, get there again. So yeah, uh, 
It's good. And that's it. That's the end of Skypea. So, final thoughts on the Sky- Jaya and Skypea. Um, yeah, not as good as Alabasta. Um, pro- I probably didn't enjoy Skypea as much as Arlong either. Okay. But it was it was pretty good by the end. Like like the experience of reading it, it was a little little mm. iffy, a little rocky at times, but by the end I feel satisfied. I feel like most if not everything like, kind of played it into Like Jaya is really great. And the, the the second half, and especially the climax and flashback of Sky PR, are fucking amazing. Like, the ringing of the bell is just so, so fucking good. Especially, like, when I reread the arc last time, like, see, that's the thing with me, like, I'm still enjoying it, but, like, because, so, yeah, definitely, like, I think I would put it between um, Arlong and Alabasta. I, I do think I enjoyed it a little more than Arlong, just because it had, like, so much going on, like, ideas-wise, that's really interesting to dig into, and I did notice more stuff even now this time, just not as much, but, like... It 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 did drop for me. Like before, it was like my second favorite arc after the next one, and now it's like I guess it would be possibly fifth, depending on how I uh, rank some of my later arcs. Um, yeah, I definitely would say that like Skypea is more thematically rich than. Oh yeah, uh, there's Arlong. so much going on, it, but it, it it suffers some slow parts. So it's I understand like it not being as enjoyable, but there's there's a lot of ideas here and a lot to mm-hmm. say with them. So it, it, I thought like the ideas and conflicts were really interesting, and so it's cool. But yeah, so that's that's kind of how I place it right now: Alabasta, then Skypea, then Arlong, and then the rest, um, as we've already discussed. So, which is surprising for me, because I, before I think I had Alabasta at my fifth favorite, and Skypea as my second, and now that's uh, flipped on its head. So, yeah. Um, but, um, did you have any more thoughts, or? No, I think that was it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, next time we're, uh, another, a shortest stretch, but with some important stuff, um, and some fun stuff. We're reading, we're starting Water 7, which is, this arc, it's more of a saga divided into three arcs. Um, we're covering it in three episodes, though, just kind of mixing and matching. Like, I think, like, it, it, you'll see, it, we'll, we'll, you'll see how it goes. But we're reading chapters 303 to 340. So, that'll, that's, uh, I, I was very deliberate with where I placed these chapter divides. So, I'm just gonna say, the, the, I'm really excited for these next episodes because, uh, this is like, the Water 7 and Inia's Lobby is, like, basically my favorite part of the story is what I've said in the past. But unlike Skypea, I haven't reread it. So with Skypea, like, yeah, tradition and faith and doubt, like, I, I'm talking about it, but, like, I already knew that, you know, where it's, like, with Alabasta and, like, trust, I had to dig into it. And, like, oh, yeah, there it is. You know, I had, I'd, I'd read the arc, but I didn't know about the ideas. Like, I hadn't really gotten the ideas, or at least not enough to explain them. Um, so I'm wondering, like, what I have to say about uh, Water 7 and Enya's Lobby, because in the past I've said it's my favorite arc um, for a few reasons, and, I don't know, I think we're getting some, some more cool stuff, so... and Yeah, uh, I've seen yeah. I've seen some comments saying, like, oh, MathWiz is going to be so excited, you know, or so, people being excited for me to read Enya's Lobby, so... Yeah, I mean, see, and the, see, and the best part is, like, there's other arcs later that are, like, contenders for... Like, here's the thing, like, Alabaz and Skypea were good, but I could also see them being, like, now number four and five in my arc rankings. So that's at least three arcs upcoming that I would put above what we've read so far. So, I don't know, maybe I'm getting your expectations too high. Like, I've also said Skypea was, like, my second favorite arc, and now it's lower, so who knows? Um, I don't know, yeah. I, I wouldn't say I was disappointed by Skypea, not like I had, like, super high hopes going into it, like... Mm-hmm. I don't know, like like I had said, I had seen your Skypea video, but that was a year ago. I don't even remember yeah. what was. Well, I know said. best guy. It's Skypea's best, best guy ever. His favorite arc, 
And I absolutely understand why, because these ideas are super, like, he talks about the, the similar ideas of progress and uh, science and, you know, adventure. Like, so it's like, I understand why the ideas connect with him. And so, of course, it's his favorite arc. Maybe he also hasn't read it in a while and uh, doesn't remember the slow parts or some of the weaker fights. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know, best guy ever. I, I just know of him. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but Skype is definitely good. Like, that's the thing. It's like, you're here saying, like, you're, it's still, like, your top three arcs, would you say? Like, uh, it would probably, you, it, well, same as me, just swapping Arlong for Al- for Skypea and Jaya? Yeah, I, I've, I've been slack, and I still haven't officially ranked them, but at the, <laughs> off the top of my head, I'm thinking it would be uh, Alabasta, and then, what I say, Arlong, and then Skypea, maybe? Oh, I'm trying to, like, maybe for me, the Skypea. next one, so w- would you put a drum above Skypea? Uh, probably not. Probably it's not. like the next best arc. Drummer Baradia, would you put either of those above Skypea? Because I can't think of any arc you've liked more than those, that mm, set. No, I guess not. Yeah, so I think, yeah, so you, but like, and again, like, I, I, hopefully this idea has died down in the fan base, but people think Skypea is like useless or it's filler or it doesn't matter and it's like in here, like, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, to be fair, the anime probably like drags it out a bit more than it needed to, and it was already a slow arc as it was, or maybe this length felt worse in the anime, you know, so I don't know, maybe maybe part of it just comes from the anime perspective of it too. And again, like I said before, this I think this was the first arc people were reading weekly, so which would have also made it feel slower. So um yeah, I I, I kind of understand why people don't care for Skype as much, but at the same time it's fucking good, so shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say Skypea and Drum are probably close, because I don't remember really, like, Skypea, the act of reading it was maybe a little less enjoyable than Drum, but, like, there are, there mm-hmm. are good ideas here that I think might elevate it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's it. We're done. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you in two weeks for chapters up to 340. So, ugh. Um, so, yeah, shorter stretch, but... Uh, um, there's some stuff I'm gonna be curious about, like how you feel about it, and then the, and and some stuff like for raisins that because there's a, there is another arc that people aren't as fond of that I think is good, and we will talk about it next time. So yeah, thank you for listening as usual. Goodbye.